Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. I should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? Screw? Well, let's play chess. The Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Quarterback, Florida. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits it. Hits it. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. You know, honestly, I was incredibly bummed today anyway. It's a Friday. We're supposed to be having a good time, right? Kind of a getaway Friday, get to the weekend. It is uh, that bump weekend between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. A lot going on this weekend. Boilermakers of course take it on Wisconsin and Madison coming up on Sunday. We'll get to that game last night by the way if you watch the uh, Badgers and the Cornhuskers. We'll get to that. And I was bummed out already today because I had to talk about the Pacers. And I've told you this before. A while, while I have escalated what I believe they should be doing, how I believe they should be winning, at what clip they should be winning, I, I gave it a pass in Boston the other night because, honestly, given the circumstances, I thought, okay, that works. I mean, you want to see him play and hang around like that. And I had mentioned, especially knowing what you know going in, there's going to be no Julius Randle. There's going to be no OG Ananobi. Oh, Mitchell Robinson's already out. And then you watch them go in there last night, get up 13. There were a couple of different opportunities to push that lead even further, and they failed in it. And then you watch them down the stretch, and it, the fourth quarter just completely melt down. You know what? That's not even the proper way to put it. They just went away. Seriously. They just went away. The Knicks simply out-toughed that group last night. And I don't know always if we know what's going on as far as injuries and this or that, but I'm just going for face value, and I watched I watched a team with the Knicks at home with a re-inspiration in the month of January. With a win streak, with a home mark that's impressive, probably with a new level of expectations their own, I watched a Knicks team say, all right, enough is enough. We're going to take this game over and we're going to win it even without a majority of our guys, a majority of our frontline guys. And such a level of lack of resistance last night was as disappointing 
as honestly I can possibly describe to you today. They weren't having the best of games. They were going to have to muddle through this anyway. But to go out like that, they could not clear. In terms of hockey, they couldn't clear the puck. It's a chance after chance after chance. You know, obviously chances on the offensive end. And again, the old saying is with this team, if they don't hit 110, the Pacers can't win. I should say above 110 and the Pacers can't win. You just can't do it. But not being able to get on the defensive glass, get them off, and really, I know you could say, well, they've been on the road and they're tired and all, okay, whatever. They got outplayed. They got out tough. And I don't want to see that. I don't want to see it. As I mentioned before, and you know this, I love basketball. I didn't love that last night. There was nothing about last night that you could love. I know it's one game in a long NBA season. I know that their main guy, had he been in there, things could have been radically different. You know what, though? They weren't. Here's going to be the bummer. Going to be the bummer is going to look back on this and with the whole time management, the minute management they're doing for Tyrese Halliburton, that may end up costing you because you can clearly look the other night how costly that was against the Celtics, and it was dramatic how costly it was last night. Now, again, if he's in there, I mean, who knows? I'm sure the Knicks are still with whomever. You're getting beat by Miles McBride? What? This is not what I signed up for. I don't care. And one of the biggest deals about this, and I'm going to get into ripping. one of the biggest deals about this is Benedict Matherin. Some nice Matherin doesn't have it. But every night, Matherin brings it. And there's a difference. I mean, some nights you just don't have it. I'll give you an example. And I don't know what's going on here, at least in a couple of these games recently, whether it's it's the back or it's just where he is right now. But Miles, Miles Turner didn't bring it nor do anything. You, you cannot, I know it's a long season, but you cannot continue to punt winnable games. Does that make sense to you? I'm not sounding the alarm and saying all is lost by any stretch. All I am doing is telling you the level of disappointment in what was a massively winning opportunity last night. It was. It was a very winnable game. All right, if you're going out and you're just missing shots or if you're going out and the other team, I, listen, Jalen Brunson's good. Jalen Brunson got himself a little inspiration, didn't he? He got raked across the face. He got himself a little inspiration. He already had it going, don't get me wrong, but he really got it then. And he was not going to be denied. And it is disappointing to see the Pacers not have, even without Halliburton, anybody step up in that capacity. I have to remind you all the time. I know it's a long season. I don't know how much time is left, and things, again, could drastically change. But last night stunk. Last night, to me, would rank among the stankiest of the stunkiest of the season. Easily. That's how I felt about it. It was just one of those things where you just thought, this is terrible. The last-minute 
check that. Last two minutes, it was actually some of the worst basketball I think I've seen this team play in a while. Uh, really on both ends. And that's even without discussing this. I wish there was a way. I'm no doctor. I don't claim to be one. I know they have a plan for Tyrese Halliburton. But I, I wish I wish they had a plan for Tyrese Halliburton in a winning situation. And it's just disappointing because both of those games are winnable. And then he exhausts his 22-minute mark. And then they have to go down the tubes late in the game. And it drives me nuts. I know it drives you nuts. You know who else it drives nuts? It drives Tyrese Halliburton nuts. You can tell. There was no fun being had on the sideline while he was sitting there and watching Dante DiVincenzo knock down a three and then pound himself on the head and look at Halliburton sitting on the bench. That everybody thought what everybody thought what Wally Zerbiak said was so bad. You know, that's one thing. I mean, he's a guy like me, yip yapping. He's doing this on TV. This guy was actually doing this in a game. And I mean, hell, he really hadn't anything since the first quarter last night. And all of a sudden, he looked right at him, though, didn't he? Right at him. And that would drive a competitor nuts. Again, they have a plan. I would rather have him longer term and healthy than worry about this right now. I just wish. We we live in a world with so many different options. Is there not an option to where you can maybe utilize some of those minutes late? Yeah, I know what everybody says. You don't want him to get cold. I mean, well, have him jog in place or get on a stationary bike, build him a sauna. I, hell, I don't care. I just don't want to see them lose games like that. And you can make an argument, too. You can make, make an argument that they had enough right there to be able to do something with it. But they just clearly didn't. And it was incredibly disappointing. It is right at the top of the list. Because when you look at it, I've said this all the time, and I say this in terms, and I don't know why he didn't play last night either, but I, I say this in terms of T.J. McConnell. Effort is a skill. People either don't recognize that or don't notice it, but effort is a skill. And that skill was diminished late in the game Last night for the Pacers, because you watch the Knicks just continue to go at them. At a shot maker, they got a guy on the drive. You know, somebody had actually sent me a message last night via X and said, hey, you know, how many times are they going to let Brunson travel on these spin moves? And I said, hold on a minute. Uh, while I don't know if they're ever going to blow a whistle, and you know how I feel about the best in the world, but we just saw a dude that was just up and working everybody in a gold uniform. They had zero answer for that at any point in time, and they tried some different things. I mean, they go man up with him, and Nimhard had a lot of that responsibility, and then they tried to get the ball out of his hands, and he just basically threw it away, got it back, and then you know drove right in, did a little spin move. The floater, they had absolutely no response for whatever he was doing, and they had no response for the hustle and desire that that Knicks crew had last night. I just don't want to look back on this and, hey, you miss out. Let's just say, for example, hypothetically, you know, maybe you miss out on a spot in the East. 
because Miles McBride is knocking down shots? You got to be kidding me, right? Or because you don't put out enough effort? And I know a lot of you, obviously, when, when Miles has a bad game, he had a bad game last Friday night against Phoenix, had a bad game last night. Um, and I, I have no argument. It was awful. It was awful to the point that they had to take him out. I don't know if there's a back situation going on or whatever, but the Miles that we saw last night, Miles looked like he was nailed to the floor. See you, Jake. Looked like he was nailed to the floor, had zero burst. And I know that they work on him before every game extensively to get he in the back ready or whatever, but, man, it wasn't ready last night. Everything he did looked awkward and uncomfortable. And I mentioned that feeling regarding Aaron Neesmith that we had. You know, he's shooting, you know, up until last night at the start of the game, 46% from three. So we get that feeling when he puts one up that it's going to go down. And that's how we used to feel about Buddy Heald. Last night, Buddy Heald, other than one time, could not throw it in the ocean. Or in this case, could not throw it in the Hudson or the East. It is brutal. And of the games we have seen from Pascal Siakam, that's not one you're going to want to hang on the wall. But beyond all that, beyond the lack of individual production and the fact they lost that game, the thing I can never get around is being out-efforted. And I just made up a word. You can't have that happen. I don't. I never want to see that happen. You don't want to see that happen. Clearly, they don't want to see that happen. And that's exactly what happened last night. You explain it any other way. You know, other than Brunson, they were still within striking distance, especially down the stretch. I mean, hell, they had a lead. Didn't down the stretch. They couldn't do anything. They could not clear the basketball. And this, by the way, was when Miles had been subbed out, and he needed to be subbed out. But the group they had in there from Smith to Siakam, healed Nimhard, and then up until Neesmith fouled out, they could not clear the basketball. I don't know if you hear a collective groan. And you wouldn't have heard it last night. It would have been excitement there. But I saw it a couple of times last night in Nebraska and Wisconsin. You may not hear a louder home court groan than it's one thing if somebody goes up and gets an offensive board, right? But if it goes like two or three, you're not going to hear a louder groan in a basketball gymnasium or an arena any place is when you are getting worked over like that on your defensive glass or on your opposition's offensive glass. You listen sometime. See how it sounds tonight, for example, if you're watching Creighton and Butler later on tonight after 9 o'clock in Omaha, and let's just say, for example, the dogs you know, get an offensive board or two, the groan in that new arena, is, you're not going to hear a louder groan. And it's that's effort. That's what's such a bummer. And I am not saying that they're done. I'm not saying that the rest of the year is going to stink. I'm not saying that this game is more important than anything else. But you don't want to look back and have six, seven, eight, or nine 
games that you should have won. Everybody's talking right now about this team going into a position, and really they had an incredibly difficult January schedule-wise, right? They navigated that. They went 10-7. and I mean, hell, you'll take that considering the time that Tyrese Halliburton missed and that they were on the road. And again, the scope of just how difficult January was. And a lot of that was on the road. But you're going to look back on this one. You, you lose because of effort. You can never lose because of effort. If you do, you deserve somebody like me kicking and screaming and shaking their fists from three until six about that. All right, winnable game, and if Brunson goes for 40, and like he was doing last night, it was shot-making, and and that was it, then you would understand. But to go out like that was brutal. Those last couple of minutes, it was some of the worst basketball I've seen. That may have been the worst. We're talking about a team that got beat down by 50 earlier this year. But that may have been the worst basketball over a two-minute span that I have seen. It was brutal. And I do not have any answers for you. I have no answers as far as, well, could they stagger the minutes? Could they do this? And I'm, I'm sure that they have a plan, and they're going by the plan as much as I would like to see the best opportunity. And really, that's the reason why you're out there. I don't want to see him go back out there then blow a tire because clearly in Portland a couple of weeks ago, that's exactly on a Friday night what went down. Yeah, they can say that it's just they're managing it better. They didn't like the way that it looked, but that was an aggravation, right? They're not going to tell you it's an aggravation, but it was an aggravation. So I understand how you're handling it. You just wish they were able to bring him in like a closer or something. I feel bad for the dude. I mean, you help them get back into it the other night in Boston, and then you pull the plug, and then, you know, last night you're out there, help them get a lead. After 22 minutes, you sit down, and they just gag it up like crazy. So that's why I'm bummed. And I said that's exactly how I was going to come at you today if – and it was actually worse than I thought. I thought maybe Brunson could up 40 on you. I didn't expect Miles McBride to bury you. <laughs> what? Not five of you out there know who the hell that is. Uh, listen, and and DiVincenzo will get hot. He got hot in the first quarter, but he couldn't do anything with it most of the rest of the game. So you really had to you had to deal with one guy, and then uh, Hockenstein. Hockenstein was going like waste over Miles. Seriously. You watch a couple of those plays where he just goes, and that's supposed to be a role reversal. And mind you, Augustine has had, he's had good games against good big men this year. But that just kind of underscores last night, either it is the effort or there's something else going on here. 33 looked like he was nailed to the floor. And if you watched a couple of those moves, it was like, you ever play and you're injured or you ever play and you just know if you're playing that the shot you're about to put up really has no chance and you just kind of flick it, right? You flick it, you don't follow through, you don't do anything. I'll give you a great example, different levels of basketball, but I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. Boo Boo the other night when he shoots 
He's got full follow-through because he believes that thing, no matter who's coming out to check him, who's going to close him out, he's going to knock that thing home. I just felt last night in all those situations, especially down low, it was just like, all right, I'm here. I need to shoot it. And you could tell him trying to rev himself up. He was trying to go off the dribble, and he couldn't create anything. Once he got in inside the paint to kind of go up, there was no elevation. There was nothing. So I'll be honest with you. Hopefully that was a bad game. Because it looks like there's something happening there. Hopefully there's a huge turnaround. A huge turnaround. And, again, this is a bad situation for a back-to-back. You go to New York in an incredibly winnable game, and then you lose, you know, get out-efforted, as I've said, making up a word or a term. You lose that game. Then you come back home, and Sacramento's been hanging out in Indy longer than James has waiting on the Pacers to come back tonight and probably a little bit salty, I would imagine. And then if you're thinking about, let's just think in terms of Miles, you get Miles and Sabonis. If Miles doesn't want to take any banging, that's going to be tough right there. And really, if you watch that first Pacers-Sacramento game, it, it was almost like oftentimes they got away from running their offense through Sabonis, which they do, and they did so well last year. One of the reasons why they're one of the best teams in the regular season out West. But it's almost like in that game against the Pacers, they felt because of all that was missing that they had a simpler road. And they looked all discombobulated. Mike Brown called like two or three timeouts in that game thinking, what in the hell are we doing right here? So you put yourself in a very difficult situation, if for nothing else, later on tonight. We'll talk about that. 239-1070, I'd love to see you jump on here. Again, understand, I'm not suggesting the season is blown up and they're a disaster and everything sucks. I am talking about the disappointment in a bubble of last night. And we can talk with you at 239-1070. Yeah, I mentioned I watched Wisconsin and Nebraska last night. <laughs> I I don't think it does anything for Wisconsin and Purdue coming up on Sunday, but that is a hell of a way. I think Big Ten Network put up a stat about, you know, leading by what, 15 plus or whatever at the half. Wisconsin had lost like one game in forever, basically. And then you flip that over, and in a similar situation while being down, Nebraska had won like one game. Again, in a similar time span. It was amazing. I don't know if it was a great game, but I can I can dig on Fred Hoiberg. I can understand why, if he was your coach, you would want to go out there and probably have a little bit of fun. He runs a pretty fun offense. Get a couple players out there and then make it a little bit of noise in the Big Ten this season. All right, we can hit that if you like over the weekend. I mentioned Butler and Creighton coming up later on tonight. It's at 9 o'clock, I believe, for that. A late one. Be nice to see Butler hang in there and maybe uh, take a shot at winning that. Uh, next two on the road, Creighton and UConn for the Dogs. IU Penn State coming up tomorrow. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, will join us as we preview that as well. Looks like some I guess, good news. I, I know that IU fans are going to go, yeah, what good news? 
Yeah, when's the last time IU fans had good news? Or when was the last time IU fans had good news for five minutes followed by 55 minutes of bad news? Malik Renew, Xavier Johnson, we shall see. I guess Renew could have been worse. Is that how I described what Mike Woodson talked about, I guess? Uh, we'll talk about that. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on the 4 o'clock hour. Don Fisher in the 5 o'clock hour. Bob Lovell is going to join us on the other side, and there is a lot of me and you in today. I love to see everybody yesterday at the back nine. Again, thanks to Michelob Ultra and Zinc and NBA Jam. Happy birthday to our good friend Jeremiah Wheatley, who celebrated a pre-birthday at back nine with us yesterday, but always listening to all of our shows, always on a Saturday night calling in. Happy birthday to Jeremiah Wheatley today, who was uh, celebrating that. And everybody that came out last night, it was a fantastic time. Thank you all so much. Got another one coming up on Thursday. Whiskey Business down off of Southport Road. I'll tell you about that coming up next week, I'm sure. All right, 239 you want to jump on here, you certainly can. Inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio, and Bob Lovell on the other side, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Now, you'll take away the biggest part of me. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Seriously, on a day like today, I feel like Rocky Balboa driving the Lamborghini, having thoughts of the passing away at the hands of Ivan Drago of Apollo Creed and Rocky IV because it is bad news. I mentioned I was disappointed and upset for a variety of reasons. This afternoon we learn the passing of, of somebody to me, and he may not have been in a lot, but he has for Generation X, Carl Weathers was in some of the greatest in our memory. I just mentioned Rocky IV. You know, obviously Rocky III, when he and the Stallion came together, he trained Rocky Balboa to battle Clubber Lang. The original Rocky, Rocky II, Predator, Action Jackson. And then he was reestablished to an even younger generation and Happy Gilmore. Carl Weathers passed away earlier today, according to his family, peacefully at his home. Carl Weathers was 76. I don't know if, I don't know if there's a gauge. I guess it's to whatever you believe, right? But to me, Carl Weathers was iconic to me. By the way, a former football player, a former linebacker, he was iconic to me. He was just like a badass dude. And at the same time, also seemed like somebody you'd really want to hear all the stories about. Carl Weathers was 76. Thank you very much, sir. Because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I even go back to, there was an episode of Good Times where he was the boyfriend of a girl that J.J., had been paid to paint naked in their apartment. <laughs> I was telling Hammer and Nigel that in the hallway, and they go, wait a minute. You know a little bit too much about Carl Weathers, indeed. Carl Weathers was 76. Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. 
Got him tonight, tomorrow night, Network Indiana. Of course, it's going to be a busy weekend. Girls sectional semifinals tonight. Finals coming up tomorrow night. The boys stretch run of the regular season. College hoop and more. Bob Lovell also brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana. Joe Childers run CarX locations. CarX.com today. Hello, Bob. Hey, John. How are you? Well, I was better until I heard about the passing yeah, of the yeah. legendary to me, Carl Weathers. I was a lot better then. So, bums well, me Well, it, it is sad. You know, when you're in one of those uh, iconic movies like Rocky and all the others, and then, as you mentioned, Happy Gilmore, um, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, in a, you're in a different uh, stratosphere than the rest of us. And, uh, you know, by all accounts, he's a great guy. And, yeah, it's sad. There's no question. Multi-generationally. Multi-70s, oh, no 80s, and 90s. That. Multi-generationally, too. And, and that's, that's tough to come by. So it is yeah. hard to come by, and um, you know you, you mourn his passing. Uh, unfortunately, seventy-six years old is that's not a good age. I'm sitting here going to turn seventy-three next year, so these things disturb me more and more. Quite frankly, <laughs> you're strong. You are strong. <laughs> you are iconic no. as well so well i i, I appreciate being uh i appreciate being here to be able to be whatever it is i am to be honest so, so. Bob, bob levels with us you've been a coach before um uh-huh. I, I talked to josh Schurch yesterday again i've talked to him a lot i've been promoting indiana state and right. for all the right reasons right. because they're having a fantastic season tomorrow evening they get drake at home in what is the biggest of big games they've had so far the season at the holman center which is going to be sold out um I'm difficult. I was asking him this yesterday, and you know, it was you know, I've you know, he was handling everything and all that. But how difficult would it be to handle what you're doing to keep your guys playing well, and then all of a sudden you just get this barrage of requests? Uh, they want you on this show. You know, they want you to come out here in Terre Haute, and now you're so overwhelmingly meaningful with your program to Indiana State University. What's your meaning to the town of? Terre Haute and the surrounding area, it would seem to me that that balancing routine would be very difficult to do. It's unbelievably hard to do, to be honest. I mean, it's um, everybody wants a piece of your time. You only have so many moments. You know how it is, John, coaching players. We're all creatures of habit. We get in routines, and and we don't want to get out of those routines. And so you're not trying to, to be disrespectful, but uh, another television interview where I'm, I don't, I don't normally do it. And, um, you, you're getting all the things that you've hoped for, dreamed about as a coach, as a program, as a player, and you want to try to take advantage of it. But at the same time, they're getting you out of your comfort level and your comfort zone. You're getting you out of your routine. Uh, and the pressure ramps up. I mean, the kids are aware of it. They, they understand what's going on. And they're thankful that they have a full house again tomorrow. But uh, you just got to – it's unbelievably difficult to keep focused like you need to be focused to stay in that routine and stay in that zone that you've been in for most of the year. So Bob Lovell that joins us, they got a wake-up call in that first half. They were down 19 early in Nashville yeah, to Belmont yeah, the other yeah. night. Got that wake-up call. That was received, evidently. They, they went on to win. And we were talking about this yesterday – if if that is healthy for a team to see that, to get through it, to come out 
clean on the other side and to learn from it and move on. Do, do you get something out of that if you're on that team with how you started, how you played, as he described, playing entitled and then winning that game and knowing you don't start that way, you don't play at that level as they did in the first half again? Well, I think you, you gain a whole lot more because normally the scenario wins badly if that's how it goes. You know all that, John, when you're on a winning streak and people tell you, well, you don't want, you need to lose a game now and then and get you back to normal. Uh, no, <laughs> you're trying to win them all for heaven's sakes. But to go ahead and play, to get a bad start, play badly, battle back and win, uh, I think you gain a tremendous amount. I don't, I don't think you um, – I think you benefit greatly from playing that way, and it gives you a chance as a coach to remind them, look, we get this kind of start again against Drake, we will not come back against them. They're too good. So you've you got to come out and be prepared. Right now, everyone's after us. Everyone wants to beat us. And for us to realize the goal we have to play in the NCAA tournament, we still have to play at our highest level. We have to win them all, and we have to have that mentality. And so – yeah, I think you. you know, while it's um, you know it's dangerous to put yourself in that position, I think you get a, a great deal uh, of uh, confidence, and I think you feel good about being able to win games when you're not at your best. It's a Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Is always brought to you every Friday by your 14 Central Indiana Joe Childers Run CarX locations, CarX.com. Today, I did want to highlight tonight at Cathedral. You got sectional semifinal Friday night for the girls. Right, Lawrence North at 18 and five and 24 and one. Lawrence Central. Greg Raystraw had me in the hallway and had told me that Lawrence Central had not won a sectional girls sectional in 37 years. That sound right, accurate to right. you? I'm, I'm assuming it is because Greg Rakestraw, there's nothing more accurate than that right there. <laughs> that's that's an amazing stat for a 24-1 and one team, and you get your township rival in this Friday night, too, to boot tonight. Yeah, one of the big uh, topics that we had on the pairing show uh, was that very subject right there that, that you talked with Greg about is that uh, LC's you know, playing excellent basketball, you know, chance uh, to be in a position they haven't been in for quite a while, and you get a chance to do it tonight against your uh, count, your township rival. And so that's just one of a, a number of great matchups. I'm not sure, quite frankly, there's a better one than that, to be honest. All. Although up at Hamilton Southeastern, I think the HSC Fishers folks would say that this one is just it's in that same caliber of game. And so, you know, John, it's, it's one of those nights that you've been through it. It's one of those uh, nights where you're hopeful that all the things you planned for and all the things you've uh, worked on all year long and all your dreams, you, you have enough to go out and, and play. And it's one of those lifetime memories that guys like you and I have had a chance to to live through and enjoy. So yeah, it's a great night. I mean, I think everybody, if they have a chance, if you're not already on your way, uh, pack up and get ready to go watch some great basketball around the state. Oh, I know the uh, Royal family, the Ron Colley Royal family is getting ready to head up to Pike to watch uh, Ron Colley and Jason Sims coach up the uh, the Royals versus Pike. You get Franklin Central, Ben Davis on the other side of that, but you're right. I mean, anywhere and everywhere, there are good matchups dotted across the state of Indiana on this Friday night. Well, there are, and the cool thing is, you know, Greg and I talked about it at length on the pairing show, is there's tremendous balance in all four classes, and we've talked about it before on your show. So, you know, you, you come in, there, there are clearly some favorites, I suppose, but you and I both know that uh, the better team doesn't always win sectional championships, and that upsets are the rule rather than the exception 
this time of year. And even though it's a tournament, we're thankful that we at least have some decent weather and people don't have to worry about that. So, you know, it's a big night. And again, go watch games, go and, and, and watch games, yell, scream, have a great time, do it the right way. And then when you get a chance, get in your car, turn on our show, and we'll bring you all the action and catch you up on all the scores. Now you're going to talk to the coaches. You're going to talk to people that were there. You're going to sneak in a lot of college conversation, I'm sure, uh-huh. tonight and tomorrow. Uh-huh. you got everybody covered like nobody's business. You've been doing this well, for how many years like now? 35, 45? 30. 105? Come on, now you're killing me. <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> but this is our 30th year on the year. So the question is how many more we can do. And, and I think, you know, this time of year – as energized as you get, and you know, feel like you can do ten more. So we're just going to be thankful we can do one more, John. That's the idea. Yeah, you get uh, Butler Creighton later on tonight. You can talk yeah. about they uh, tip at nine yeah. o'clock uh, out in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, and then IU Penn State tomorrow. Boilermakers in Wisconsin coming up on Sunday. Ooh, have you ooh. ever been? Have you ever been a part? And I asked Matt this, and yesterday when he was on the show, and clearly, I mean, he was he was salty. I'm sure about hearing about the uh, free throw disparity between his team and Northwestern Wednesday night and their overtime win over the Wildcats at Mackey Arena. I think it was 46 to eight. Again, had you ever been a part of a disparity in free throws like that? And I, I just said this. I said any. Any coach, no matter the situation, if you're on, if you're on the bad end of that, you're going to be complaining about something. There's sure. no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't think I was ever in one where the disparity was that great. But I, I, my my suggestion to to all the Wisconsin fans and Wisconsin people: stop fouling. You know, you, <laughs> I mean, Zach E gets mugged when he crosses midcourt. So. Uh, Maybe finally somebody decides to call fouls on those kinds of things. And the other part of it is, too, you know, try to guard somebody without hanging on him, without bumping him and knocking him all over the place. And um, I, I, I have no sympathy. That's just how it goes, John. And, you know, they, and they say, well, these things balance out. That, they really don't. And uh, I've always believed, always told my teams, uh, success lies, uh, success goes to the most aggressive. If you're the aggressor, you have a greater chance to win. And if you're an aggressive team, an aggressive group, you're going to draw fouls and you're going to get to the free throw line. And so that, that's been Matt's MO uh, for quite a while. And clearly with this group uh, for the last couple of years, that's exactly how they game plan. So Bob Lovell with us. I know that the uh, boys' high school season in its stretch yeah. run last night, how many weeks until the sectional pairings for the fellas? The uh, sectional pairings, are you ready for this? Yeah. February 18th. Man, that is yeah. coming up. That'll come up. So February goes so fast, <laughs> which is good because it really well, there, sucked. Yeah, yeah. It is, and there's a small thing that there aren't that many days in. So yeah, um, right, but it right. Does, it does go quickly. <laughs> but frankly, think about that. It's, we're going to be doing the pairing show. Greg and I'll be doing that again on the uh, evening of the uh, 18th, and it is um, literally seems like it's uh, coming up next week. Yeah, yeah, well, it will because we're in February and it takes about five seconds, which is good because January is like the equivalent of oh, yeah. two normal months. That's how long that takes. No, I, I agree with you. I agree. I absolutely agree with you. So, Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, tomorrow night. All those incredible Network Indiana affiliated stations got a show. And you'll want to hear it because you're going to hear from everybody later on tonight, coming up tomorrow night as well. Brought to you by. Your CarX, your Joe Childers run CarX locations, 14 and all in Central Indiana, CarX.com today. Always a pleasure, man. I appreciate it, Bob, more than you know. Have a great weekend.
Thanks, John. Have a great weekend yourself. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Wells of ESPN Radio, top of the hour. I cannot believe, I know he was 76. I can't believe Carl Weathers is gone. He was just a badass. Great characters. I would almost guarantee this. I would almost guarantee that he has a movie. And it's not like he was in an endless amount of movies. But I would guarantee you that most of you listening out there, if you had a top five or certainly a top ten list of your favorite movies, he has a movie or he is in a movie, one of those. When you consider the generational impact that he had, I bet. And I'm talking about most of you out there, whether you're my age or a little bit older or my age or younger. Mm, that's the effect that he had. Carl Weathers passes away at the age of 76. Mike Wells, top of the hour. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. He's going to join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Third Eye Blind tickets as well. AAA membership lounge via YouTube Live. Getting active in there as well. Watch Listen and participate. The AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Collect them, trade them, or just enjoy them. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, welcome back. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Bob Lovell a little bit earlier. I mentioned Matt Painter yesterday, Josh Schertz yesterday. Podcast, 107.5thefan.com on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now. ESPN Radio's Mike Wells and the Friday Tradition Slow Jam reentry. Let's bring him on board and have him hit the high notes here. Go ahead, Mike. Man, I, I got to tell you, I know this is high five, but this was not in my Rolodex of high five songs. That really? I, knew. I thought I was going to yeah. hit the right note for you right here. Man, now if you just said, hey, kissing game, I like quality time. Uh, oh, you didn't do the kissing game. I would have really killed the boy because that was, that, was, that was my anthem when I was in a, like this? You know, a high school. Go ahead and crank it back up here. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, turn it up a little bit. Turn it up a little bit. Here we go. The Walk Up Talk Up with Mike Wells. Oh. Hey, you was in Terre Haute killing it when this came out. Oh, man. I was tripping the light fantastic over there at Ethan Crawford. This was, uh, on my, this was on the playlist when I DJed the parties. All summer long, we've been together. <laughs> And never felt so good. Cause when I'm with you, it's such a good time. 
Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the uh, I like the way the kissing game from High Five. The first one I played that you didn't have much recollection on was Never Should Have Let You Go. High Five from 1990 from the Faithful album. All really good stuff. And what is interesting to note, I want to say the kissing game right there. What is that? 30, 32 years old, I think. Something like that. 19, yeah, 1992. Yeah. A freshman in high school. Crazy. 32 stinking years old, that is. How incredible. Hey, I'm telling, and this is no offense to today's music, but music, there's, there's no better music than the 1990s R&B. If anybody can give me better R&B music, let me know because I'm going to laugh at you in your face. With nice, nothing tops 90s R&B. We had... You know, uh, R. Kelly before he became a loose cannon, New Edition, Joe to see. You had Jagged Edge. You had um, Shy G Hill. Silk. Shy. Oh, yes, Silk. I mean, Silk was talking about getting freaky, freaky with it in 1993. So H-Town. You, can't find, yeah. you can't find a better decade of R&B music than the 1990s. I mean, anything Blackstreet, you have uh, anything with Teddy Riley is going to work. So, yes. I mean, guy with 80s and 90s. Good stuff. It is good stuff. I I, I miss High Five. That was just a great time right there. Early oh 90s, God, everything just kept popping. It seemed like that uh, you got, uh, you know, what's his name? Round and Round, dude, that was the uh, prince at the time, yeah. protege. And then. It just kind of all started really falling in kind of after that. So, Tevin Campbell, and, 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 Tevin Campbell's who I'm thinking of. So, oh, yes. Listen, we're, we're talking about, you know, you doing it big at Terre Haute. Right now, what Indiana State's doing, this is the most relevant Indiana State has been since you were back there killing it yeah. in the 90s. No doubt. That basketball team is a great team to look at right now. I got the uh, basketball guys in trouble because they'd come over to my house, have a really good party, and not be prepared to play the next day. And uh, Tate's lock didn't like it. Uh, was the word back then? So I was I was the bad influence for those guys. But certainly, you you can make an argument, and you know how much I love Greg Lansing. Greg Lansing obviously went to the NCAA tournament. The late Royce Waltman went to the NCAA tournament. They beat Oklahoma and Kelvin Sampson back in the early two thousands in that tournament. But this is the most run. The most hype, not just locally but nationally, that an Indiana State basketball team has had since 1979. There's no doubt about it. Man, hey, who? Hey, I love watching the big fella. Uh, what, what's his name? The one? Yep, Robbie Avila. Look, the guy who doesn't look like he can play an ounce of basketball. But I, they really piqued my interest when they went up to uh, East Lansing and played Michigan State. Man, I, I watched that game and they're like, man, these Sycamores. They lost the game, but. They're going to be a team that nobody's going to want to face come turning time. Yeah, and he, he, like anybody else, I mean, you got to be able to play your game. And I, I kind of, kind of equate them to to what we saw in Florida Atlantic with Dusty May and that team last year. They basically played their way right the entire time when they got hot, especially in the tournament. They go to the Final Four. It's tough to find a game in which they didn't supersede the other team in terms of how they were dictating tempo or dictating the way that the game was played. And that's like Indiana State as well. And it starts with them with the three-pointers. Obviously, Avila is a guy that they work in the high post and they play off of him. But if if they're stroking the three as they normally are, one of the better shooting teams from distance in the NCAA, then they are incredibly tough to beat for anybody. But, man, if you have a first half 
like they did at Belmont, getting down 19 the other night. And uh, Josh Schertz called them entitled. He said, I go to the half. I walk in there. I said, hey, this is an entitled group that I see. I haven't seen that this year. We need to do something about it. And then they they righted the ship and got back in it and won in the second half. But going to make sure you don't step in a pothole, no pun intended, when you're trying to reach the heights in which you know this team, this program hasn't reached in a while. Have you have you been to a game out there in the Hope? I am season? going. I have not. They're normally playing like tomorrow night against Drake. They play at six o'clock on Saturday, so I'm covered up there. But Rakestraw and I are going to go. I think for what their senior day is. That's on a Sunday coming up here against Murray State. So we're going to head over there and, and watch them play Murray State. Uh, lo- I, I love it, man. I need everybody in the stands. They either have on a Sycamore shirt or a JMZ, J, uh, JMV Sucks shirt. One of those two. Those <laughs> are the only, things, only two things you want to see in the stands out there in Terre Haute on uh, Senior Day. Well, um, Matthew Graves is an assistant coach, played at Butler, obviously, was on Butler's bins for so many years. He's an assistant coach to Josh Schertz over there. And he and Robbie Avila, I had told Robbie last week that if they beat Bradley, that he and Matt needs to go down to Ethan Crawford, where I lived, and get a picture taken in front of my old crappy house. And that's what they did on Tuesday before they left for Nashville. Got a picture taken in front of it, and it was outstanding. Is it still an old crappy house uh, 30 years later? Yes. Yes. It, 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 uh, it looked better than I last saw it. But it is bad. And I think half of my crap is still up in that attic somewhere. I'm sure of it. Oh boy, uh, I'm sure uh, it might be some Playboys up in that bag. There's boy probably there's the probably attic. some uh, stuff with nudity in it up there. There's no question. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was fond of that back then. All right, I want to talk a little bit about the Pacers. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us. Some people suggest that I went off a little bit too much. I don't think I did because this, to me, was just an outline of what I brought up of last night and how disappointing it was. That being a winnable game, the Knicks being without Julius Randle, you know, without uh, OG Ananobi, you know, that's one thing. And you know, Jalen Brunson going off, that's another. But what I think we all should be massively disappointed about and what led my fire what really stoked it was how they got out efforted and i know i'm making up a term right there but on the on the glass on the offensive glass for the knicks they just had more want to and effort than the pacers did and i don't care what night you're talking about i don't care what point in the season you're talking about i don't want to see it and it shouldn't happen and it did last night well, and, and that's the thing. I mean, and we, well, listen, I'm not trying to compare the situations, but what you saw out of the New York Knicks, I mean, and Jalen Brunson obviously is an all-star, but what you saw out of the Knicks is what the Lakers essentially did to the Celtics without Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It was a simple effort-type effort game, and I don't know if the Pacers were enjoying uh, New York City a little too much, but yeah, you can't – those are inexcusable, especially when you're – you're only sitting five games over 500. You're still, you know, you're far, you're far from securing a home court in the Eastern Conference. You got to go out there and play with some pride. Now you got the short turnaround with the Sacramento Kings tonight coming up. So that's a game you have to find a way to win. You have to find a way. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna give credit where credit to Jalen Brunson. He put on a clinic last night with that with that 40 piece he delivered out there. Uh, but still, you should still be able to win, even with Halliburton on uh, the reduced minute count now. 
Yeah, and and I wish there was a way. I don't know what they have designed, and clearly they're going by the the letter of whatever they have designed, whatever blueprint that is. I just wish that in the form of this blueprint, you could save a little bit for a closing role because that has that has cost them really two games. I mean, you could say the same thing about Boston the other night, which I wasn't upset about because they hung in. And obviously with Halliburton, things are different. We would think that things with Halliburton would have been different last night. However, though, I mean, the way that they were taking a beating, especially in the final two minutes, I know that on the offensive end, Halliburton could do more, but I don't know what he's going to do to help them on the glass. I mean, that was just all lack of effort to me, and that's what made it so disappointing. That's the blue collar. That's that blue collar mindset right there. And the, you know, blue collar. The next following Tom Thibodeau's script, where it's basically you just get down, you get dirty, you do whatever it takes. You're not. You're not you don't get bonus points for, for being glamorous. Yeah. And the next no step, skip it. We're just gonna we're gonna out we're gonna outwork. We're going to be more physical, and we're going to hustle harder than the Pacers. So that's that's all that was down the stretch. And I'll, I'll tell you this: um, I'm actually heading out. It's like I'm covering the Pacers again. I'm heading out to the field house. I got three IU media school students covering the game tonight. Shout out to the Pacers for giving credentials. Nice. And I'm 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 curious on we'll be there for the pregame and postgame of everything. I'm curious on what Carlisle is going to say, especially uh, I'm curious, you know, how long they're going to keep Halliburton on them, if they're going to switch it up and say, all right, you know what? We're going to Halliburton's on the minute restriction, but we're going to go ahead and, you know, give him some minutes early on and, like you said, save him for the bullpen to be the closer. It's the ninth inning. Come in and, and, and close out a close game because you need that kind of experience out there in, in the fourth quarter of a close game. No, exactly. Listen, I am all for handling this carefully. Don't get me wrong. I don't want them because clearly, clearly he went out there against Portland two weeks ago tonight and he wasn't ready to go out there because they say they're just managing it differently. That's why he was set down and now he's going through the minutes restriction. But clearly he aggravated something going out there and playing in that game. So I, I don't want it to end badly like that. They still have too much of the season remaining. I just – I wish they had – I need to hear somebody tell me that they had they have no other options other than to do it this way because you can tell on the bench in both Boston and New York last night, it is excruciatingly painful for him to sit there and watch, you know, A, getting them back in the game in Boston giving them a chance to win, or B, last night, building that lead and watching it fall into shambles and losing while Dante DiVincenzo hits a three, like his only one of the second half, and he uh, hits himself on the head and points at Halliburton on the bench. Now, you know that that's killing him. Yeah, you, you, you better hope it's killing him. Any type of competitor who knows that if he were out there, he could make a difference in the game, better be pissed off about that type of situation that he can't be out there. And I I, I completely agree that, yeah, the Pacers need to be careful. So let, let me ask you this. You're Rick Carlisle, Chad Buchanan, and Kevin Pritchard. How long do you keep the, the minutes restriction? Do you kind of evaluate it on a game-to-game basis and see how he's feeling? Or do you say, no, we are going X amount of days and then we're going to ramp up his playing time? I, see, that's a question I don't think I can answer, nor anybody else that's not over there. And, and I'll give you my example of it. I thought you saw him a couple of different times last night have have his bounce back, for lack of a better description. I mean, he looked like he did pre-injury. I felt I just don't know. I, I don't know where they are in this because we don't know 
how bad. And again, I said that, that he aggravated or re-aggravated it. They didn't say that. That's just me saying that. I don't know how bad after that Portland game it was to then shut him down and now put him on a minutes restriction. But it did look like, especially last night, that he had a lot of his bounce back. He looked oftentimes like, especially knocking down threes and fading away, like the Halliburton that everybody around here has uh, come to love. Well, and you know what? Think about it this way. Let's pull a positive out of this. Yeah. As bad as it was to have him out, let's pull a positive out of it that it's good to see him have some bounce back. And just think when the, the Patriots may say, okay, let's, let's unleash him. He's good to go. No restrictions. He can play. If he needs to play 45 out of the 48 minutes, he can do it. That means it's a great sign of hope that once he gets there, there won't be no rust out there because you got to think as time goes on before they, you know, say he's good to go, they're going to ramp up his cardio and, and, you know, whatever practice time they have or whatnot, or whatever extra time they do with the um, strength and conditioning coaches that it's good that he, he's showing that he's ready to go once that time comes. Yeah. Mike Wells of ESPN radio joins us and I had to get on 33, 33 looked terrible last night. 33 looked hey. terrible last night. 33 looked to me, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know. And I'm not trying to hand out excuses. I'm just trying to figure out why he looks like he has zero burst, um, why he can't jump, uh, he's slow, and he looks like he's nailed to the floor. I know he's had a back issue, and I know that they, they work hard you know, with him with the training staff to get him ready. I, I mean, last night – if that's what you're going to get, and if that's because he's injured and that's a situation with the back, he needs to be shut down because that's not what you want to see out there from him. So let me uh, hold on. Am I talking to JMV? You are. Or did he? No, did I'm just being, I'm being, I'm being fair as a basketball fan and I think a fairly educated observer. I know I don't want to see him play like that, and I know that my ex handle doesn't want to see him play like that. So he just looked like a guy that was worthy of the bench time he got at the end of the game and maybe worthy of some rest because that I it just it wasn't good. It, it wasn't good from just an and not a shot making standpoint or a standpoint of rebound. It was he did not look like what you had expected. He just he looked like he was nailed to the floor. He did. It looked like it was excruciatingly painful for him at times to make moves, and he didn't have much with it. It, it didn't seem right at all to me. Well, ho- hopefully he's got to bounce back tonight um, out there and he's going to get back out there. But, no, you're, you're right. And here, here's the thing. I don't know how you feel because, you know, we got the trade deadline coming up uh, soon. I think the Patriots stand put. I don't think they – I think their, their trade has been made. Getting Siakam, I don't think they, they do anything else. Keep this roster intact. I want to see what they can do once Halliburton gets completely healthy and he and Siakam are full goal and they're paired together. The goal along with Miles and hopefully his back will get better and they're able to roll. I want to, I want to see this roster stay together and see what they can do come playoff time. I, I would agree with that, and that's exactly what I thought when Chad Buchanan – the general manager was on with me on Monday. I kind of wonder now the path in which, because Buddy Heald has been on the struggle bus for more than a minute now. And if he continues down that particular path, I just kind of wonder what they might be thinking. I still am on the side 
I want to see everybody together. I'm with you on that. But and I, th- I think that to me, what I got from Chad Buchanan, it kind of felt like Monday that they also believe that similar thought as you expressed. However, if this continues in the next handful of games here before the trade deadline to look really bad, because Buddy Heald was terrible last night. I mean, as bad as Miles was, I mean, Buddy was just awful on both ends. He was somebody that needed subbed out, too. Just kind of wonder if that may have a, a shift in thought process for him. That's really the only thing that I wonder about. Well, uh, ooh, yeah, no, you, 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 make, you make a great a great point out, out of that. Um, I, I, I'm, still, I'm still saying same play. I, know, I, I, get, I totally get what you're saying, and everybody has, has their ruts and everything. So are you, shut, are you shutting Miles down and not playing tonight? Um, if he's going to look like that, I, I mean, if there's something to do with the back, which I don't know, I have zero knowledge of. I'm just saying what he looked like last night is not what I would want to see. And maybe he was tired. Maybe it was just a night when he was sore. I, I don't know what it was, but it wasn't coming off a of back-to-back. And he's going to get banged around tonight by Sabonis, right? And it just, to me, he has not he has not been what I expect to see all in all since the Embiid game. He, he's, Man, looked, now, he's had moments. He's had moments, and it's not like it's been all lost. He's had moments, but he has not been what I expect to see since a week ago Thursday night in that Joel Embiid game. So just you what were, I you what were, I have you noticed. Were, you were making you were making some of the uh, Miles Turner's Miles Turner haters happy today, man. Oh well, because... I'm not trying. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that. I still believe in his talent and in him here. He, I think it's also, I think it's beyond just him. As people would tell me, well, he's just inconsistent. He he didn't look right last night. He just didn't look right. No. He didn't. So that's no. that's the only thing. You're completely, you're completely right. Hey, what are your plans All Star Weekend, man? Are you are you going to be downtown? Are you broadcasting live from anywhere? I am trying to get. I think I am somewhere live. I just don't know where that is yet. But I am trying to get in. There are a bunch of parties happening, and I would like to at least get in there to do a little something. I hear that Michael Jordan's having one downtown. I hear Shaquille O'Neal's having one downtown. And I am trying my damnedest to get in there, if not for a second, before they find out how big of a nerd I am and kick my ass out. I just kind of want to get in there and say, hey, I'm here. So I'm trying. Listen, there, there's no party like an all-star party, man. Um, I, you know, my days, I used to enjoy the Kenny Smith TNT all-star party, man. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget Denver, two thousand February two thousand five. I just got hired at the Star like a month prior. I'm at TNT's party, and Gabrielle Union walks by. Yes, this is pre Dwayne pre Dwayne Wade days. Sure. She was with the Jacksonville Jaguar guy at the time, and I swear to God, there was a puddle of drool uh, following behind me as I tried to find where she was at. After she walked by me, and I was like, "Oh my goodness." Gabrielle Union. I mean, you know, it was only a couple years after that the cheerleading movie that she was in. I can't remember. Was she in Clueless? No, or was she in Bounce or whatever that was? I forget what that is you're talking about. Some some cheerleading movie, but yeah, that's no, that's Stacey Dash. I'm thinking of in Clueless. My bad. Yes. Yeah. So if you can get to an all star party, it is unbelievable. I'm I'm actually staying in the media hotel since we're I got I got ten. IU media students who are covering All Star Weekend. What? Uh, wow! Thank you. Thank you. I'm um, teaching a class this semester on uh, a basketball class, and the highlight is they get to cover Pacer games and they get to, they're fully uh, credentialed media people uh, for All Star Weekend. So shout out to the NBA, 
Shout out to IU Media School for allowing me to create that class. But I'm going down and staying right down there, and you and I are going to try to get in as many parties as we can. Well, i got a thought. I believe this is just one that I've heard. I think Nelly's doing one in Fountain Square, um, if you care about that. And I think Spud Webb and Naughty by Nature, I think they're doing one in Broad Ripple. Those are just Ooh, a couple dang, I've heard. Oh, you, oh, you down with OPP? Oh, you know me. Goodness. We taking it back. We definitely taking it back in ninety thousand. We get up in in a naughty by nature party. Uh, they, they, you know what? I've seen naughty by nature a couple of different times. I actually saw them when they first broke with OPP, and they were with uh, Public Enemy and Ice T and Queen Latifah at Marcus Square Arena. I think that was ninety either ninety one or ninety two. It was uh, during Public Enemy's uh, "Can't Trust It." Um, that was during that particular tour, but I saw them and they, they were awesome. I mean, all together, brand new and all anybody ever knew about them at the time was OPP. Yeah. You know, me outstanding. Oh my God. Hey, that movie, the movie was bring it on. That's what it was. Bring, bring it, it on, on. Yeah. with Gabrielle union. Yes. So listen, we going to definitely connect. I'm going wherever you're going to be at on, on that Friday. I'm not going live on the phone. Let's get our favorite, uh, our favorite four foot five guy to join us, and we're gonna have a hell of an all star weekend. Man. My man has been MIA. Now I know, I believe that um, Nextar, I believe the company that has the uh, owns fifty nine. I believe Nextar has he and Jarrett Payton, the son of Walter, the late Walter Payton, doing a lot of Super Bowl coverage that they end up sending out to all of the other Nextar. Station, so he may be there, but he's been MIA to me for like two weeks now. I don't know what the hell's happened to him. Well, man, you can't send Hagen to Vegas. He may not I, make it back. I think uh, I believe I believe that he's doing a lot of stand up on the week leading up to the Super Bowl for the the rest of the uh, Next Star stations around the United States. I believe that to be the case. A lot of standing on a stool to be taller <laughs> well, and, yes. uh, for for Next Star. That's. That's what he's doing, man. Hey, I got to get running, get down to the field house. I can't wait to see all the old heads again, man. And uh, tell my girl Lainey, I said, uh, hello, have a great weekend. Oh, we're having a great time. We're No, it's awful. <laughs> we're not having a good oh, it time. Is? It's awful. Yes, it's awful. All right. You, I, I try you, my I, hardest. I, I so much want to get out there. And I'm Mr. Hype Guy, right? I know I'm Michael Bivens, and I know I'm getting a stance defensively. I know I get the ball down the floor. But half the time, I don't know what these dudes are doing, and it drives me insane. I, I really can't watch it. Because I, I, it, it's unrecognizable to what I saw and what I was a part of in the fall. I have no idea what they're doing. Zero. A big, fat donut hole zero. But I try to stay quiet. That's why I go on the radio and talk about it. So yes. <laughs> hey, have they? Uh, are, are they only got they only have how many? They only have two losses, right? Yeah, I just uh, you guys, you guys. Two Brownsburg schools. Yeah, yeah they can't be you guys. Uh, uh, the moment they get out of Johnson County, they, they with this group, they didn't do anything. So yeah, Isn't that great. <laughs> I so like I, that. I guess if they keep on playing Greenwood and, and Greenwood Christian, <laughs> I guess you know Perry Meridian to Southport, I guess they'll be all right. But. Uh, yeah, if you have to go yeah. out of Johnson County and Southern Marion County, I think they're going to be in a little bit of, a little bit of trouble. So it's been disappointing uh, as hell. It has. I hope it gets hey, better. Tell my, tell my girl Lenny, play defense, shoot the three ball. Yeah, go. I appreciate you, brother. All right, be good, Jay. Have fun down at the game tonight. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Look for him if you're going to the Kings and the Pacer game coming up later on tonight. No, I, I do. I, I sit and I'm I'm quiet. Sometimes there's a spot where I can go and I can like watch through a window. 
and I don't have to actually go out there. So, no, nah, I'm cool about it. I'm much cooler than I am right now. <laughs> I just go, what is this? What is this joyless brand that I'm watching here? It's almost how I felt last night. I mean, down the street, was, that was a very joyless brand of basketball we saw late in that game. I always look at it this way, and I know that it all comes when you're winning. I mean, you can you can have any sort of joy, whatever, when you're winning, and it's easy to come by. But, man, you're out there playing on whatever level. Could you just have a good time at it? And when you're having a good time, that leads to giving more effort and maybe in situations to where, all right, you're tired, you're sore, a little bit more effort. You know, maybe thinking a half a step ahead of where you normally might, which will give you an advantage. It's a joyless sometimes brand of the basketball that we have to watch. And it always, I know situations are always different, but it makes you scratch your head and go, all right, then why are you doing this if it's such a bad time for you? Basketball's fun. Basketball's fun as hell. Even while I was getting my ass whipped, it was fun as hell. Not exactly at that moment, but surrounding that moment, it was fun as hell. Fun when you're out there. Yet don't don't be a drag on others, right? Don't be a drag. Get out there, have some fun, show it. I promise you, if you do that, you will play better. Quick break, we'll come back. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, top of the hour. 93-5107-5 the fan. The ride with JMV. Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. James over there. I'm John. Thank you for joining us. Mike Wells, a little bit earlier. You can keep this up for a minute, too. Uh, podcast, Mike from ESPN Radio, 107.5thefan.com. Bob Lovell here as well, a little bit earlier. R.I.P. Carl Weathers, who passed away today at the age of 76. One of the great characters would be Apollo Creed. You know, Sean Collinsworth pointed this out. Mike DeCourcy is really putting the screws to me with his latest bracketology. I don't know if he can use that because Lenardi has it. His uh, bracket forecast by Mike DeCourcy. And I like Mike a great deal. Mike's very knowledgeable, very good on Big Ten Network. Especially with the teams that you care about around here. I know he's been on with uh, Jake a number of times, been on the morning show a number of times. Uh, Mike DeCourcy, though, putting the screws to me royally here. Now, while I don't know if this has an at-large for Indiana State or what this means, but he has Indiana State in the tournament. So I should be really excited. Got the Sycamores in the tournament and his bracket forecast. Um, however, as an 11 seed, on the other side of that, he has put Florida Atlantic. <laughs> that is like my worst nightmare. My worst nightmare. While I would love it because you know, both, really both teams are in, you expect the Owls and Dusty May to get in. But I'll tell you, I will be forever done with all committees. And while I want Indiana State to be worthy of it, 
while I believe they still have to win the Mo Valley Conference Tournament in St. Louis in early March to do it, Florida Atlantic and Indiana State, I will disconnect with every committee for the rest of my life. You know how that would be so me right there? Seriously, that's what happened. That's my life in a nutshell. Hey, great. We're really excited, man. The Sycamores are here. My high school friend, Dusty May. Oh, well, hell. Thanks a lot, DeCourcy. It's weird, too, because I, I can't dismiss it because I'd want to see Indiana State in. But, man, Florida Atlantic and Indiana State. Come on now. Stop it, DeCourcy. And see, we don't we're not close enough to know he hadn't been on this show enough to to do that purposely. That'd be pretty funny if he did do that purposely, but Yeah, that'd be a nightmare right there. Florida, what would I do? I mean, I what would I do? I mean, I guess you could have something similar, but I mean, it's it's different than the school that you attend uh, as an alum and then, you know, going against your you know, friend for 40-plus years. That's tough right there. Anyway, that is the latest bracket forecast according to Mike DeCourcy. I hope that at least the accuracy prevails with both of those teams being in. But on the other hand, I'm, yeah, I don't know if I could get through that. From Alex, JMV, I don't have an issue with them keeping this team together, but if Heald isn't going to hit shots, then Rick had to realize he can't play, especially in crunch time, because they hunt him out to find the matchups against him defensively, and they they do. Like I still have the thought that they're not going to do anything again. It just That's what I gathered from Chad Buchanan on Monday. However, let's understand that that was on Monday. That was on Monday, and then a couple of games later, and if this continues to go, and we talked about how there wasn't going to be enough of a sample size, so I, I think that, I think that them doing nothing is most logical right now, because of what they've done with Siakam, and because they just clearly haven't had enough time to see everybody together. But if there was one thing that does make me think about it is it is Buddy Heald and Buddy being on the struggle bus right now. But again, I am still in the belief that they won't do anything, and that's what we all gathered from Chad Buchanan, the general manager, on Monday. If you missed any of that, again, go back earlier this week. That podcast is at 1075thefan.com. Yeah, Florida Atlantic and Indiana State. That's tough right there. It's from Jason. So if Halliburton can only play limited minutes, how about saving a few for the critical moments, final five minutes? I've wondered, I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I know that Dustin DePurek tried to ask Rick Carlisle this last night after the game, and I think Rick took exception and thought that he was talking about something else or misunderstood what, what Dustin was trying to ask. 
but he was asking that. And then you hear, you know, some of the, I guess, conventional wisdom that has been passed along is, you know, you go 22 and you don't want to put him back out there cold. I, I just go this way. I want to make sure that he is 100% protected. The problem is if you have him go out there and play, and in both those games they play well enough and are put in positions to win, and then you pull the plug after your mandated 22 minutes and they fall apart and lose, and then you look back on it as two major losses on the road in games in which you could have had. That's tough. I do not want that to compromise his longer-term future. I don't want that to compromise the rest of the year. Still a long time to go. But I think it is fair to ask why you could not manage those minutes a little bit differently. I mean, hell, by now you should know, right? And granted, I do understand this. I don't know. Last night, last night, they were so, the guys that were playing, or the guys that were playing and then were benched, but the guys that were playing were so just hugely disappointing. So without want to, so without effort, they were doing the exact opposite. They were like the George Costanza of what the Knicks were doing. The Knicks were playing, were being tough, just going at it harder. And the Pacers were getting worked over by effort, which again is a skill. I always thought it was funny. Nobody ever really truly looks at effort as a skill, and it is right up there. And there was no greater example of that last night. Just getting worked over, especially late. Getting worked over on the glass with all the offensive rebounds, all the second chance opportunities. And that absolutely buried you. I would like to think, I think we all would understand, if Halliburton's out there, it could be different. But in those situations, if everybody else is not, and, and believe me, you know, Miles, then Miles gets benched, and it was Smith, and it was Siakam, and Nimhart, his knee Smith until he fouled out. The other thing that is noticeable, too, is that the need, the necessity to want to have Benedict Matherin, and whether Matherin is having, you know, one of his really good games or a subpar game, just having him out there, I think they missed him, too. But I would, I would just have to be told, I would have to be told in exact terms why they do handle this. But again, they have a plan. I don't want at all the the season moving further down the road to be compromised in any form or fashion. But I would like to know. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. You know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a rehabber. I would like to know. I think that's a fair question. I, I thought Dustin DePurak of the Star had a fair question. I just think that, that Rick misunderstood it last night. Like Nobody's getting mad because, you know, you're working him back. Yeah, if you're going to get mad, get mad because they talked about how yeah, that wasn't, you know, an injury situation that was irritated a couple of weeks ago in Portland because clearly that it was. And that's okay. You realize that you go back to it. And I don't want you to compromise your beliefs right now in that blueprint of making sure that he is 100% healthy getting back. But I would like to hear why, why they're handling, handling it minutes-wise in this particular fashion. I think that's fair.
Uh, Jerome's at 239-1070. Jerome, welcome to the show. Hi, my friend. How you doing again, man? Jerome, I'm fantastic. Go ahead. Let me just talk about a couple things real quick, and I won't take too much of your time. I've been a Pacer fan for over 50 years, and the one thing I don't understand, I get the minutes restriction, but here's my problem and my dilemma, and I hate to pick on the guy. When Miles Turner is not playing like he has on grown man shorts, we have a problem. When you are dunked on not once, not twice, but three times by a fourth-string center, and Isaiah Jackson is sitting over there on the side of the bench, you can see him seething. You know he's more athletic than the guy from New York. He's going to play with some fire. I don't understand this thing. I think it's a thing from when we had Roy Hibbert and we, we were playing uh, the kid Bynum from the Lakers. We were so scared about the mental impact of Miles. Miles is a grown man making over $20 million a year. If he has to sit down, it's not the end of the world. My problem with the team is we shouldn't have lost that game last night. And even if Halliburton plays the second half, they were out, were out two starters. Uh, I get it that he's injured, but at the end of the day, that's on Rick, man. You should have set Miles down. Nimhard, I'm sorry. He so he plays like a daisical sometimes with the ball, bringing it up slow. Uh, I know the trade deadline's coming up, and trust me, I get the Buddy Heel thing. I'm a Buddy fan, but if Buddy ain't going, you need to set Buddy down. Buddy can't guard anybody, but the threat of Buddy's worth five games a year. I get it. But at the trade deadline, uh, I know we got to trade some people or we got too much of a log jam. I really want the team to stay put. The only thing we need is another defensive guard like Dejounte Murray, or we need somebody that's going to bring some fire. I mean, the toughest guy on the team can't just be Nimhart and, and Johnson that doesn't even play. I mean, we're getting guys that it's almost like Siakam, yes, he's worth every bit of what we, we thought he was going to be. But you can't win with just him and Halliburton. I mean, we got a bunch of guys that we got a, we got a Batman possibly, and we got a Robin. We need another Robin, or we need a whole bunch of Robins because in the Eastern Conference, I'm not scared of anybody. The only team that bothers me is Boston. We can beat Philadelphia if everybody's not playing scared. We can beat Milwaukee. We have their number. We just need to go out here and get one more wing player. I know it sounds crazy that can play defense. I don't like Caruso because of the offense, but if there's a buyout candidate out there, seriously, I would take a chance on Gordon Haywood if he's bought out. Everybody's saying he's not going to be bought out. Another guy nobody's talking about, DeMar DeRozan would fit us perfectly. Uh, just at the end of the day, we need guys that can lock up. We have to have a guy at the end of the day, if Jason Tatum's going at us, if we can't stop Jason, we need to have somebody else that can go back at him. Hey, Jerome, I got to run here. Thank you for the call. A couple of things. To be fair, we haven't seen these guys together longer than five minutes. So I understand you still have to see that. I, th- I think a lot of what you just brought up is is kind of you know just hey this is what we can do stuff that's a pipe dream if that is your dream i don't think they're going to do anything i still don't think they're going to do anything however as i mentioned earlier like mark had said to me i I think you're exaggerating the loss i see it as a really good experience for the young guys that finished on the floor um, I'm not exaggerating the loss, and Mark, I like you a great deal. I think that's complete bull, blank. They they got beat last night. They took a loss last night because they got out-efforted. That's not a good experience. You ever had that happen to you? It's not good. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. It's not a good experience. I don't care what level you're doing. To have the other team put out a higher level of effort and want to, to have more than you do, 
under those circumstances, yeah, that's not a good experience. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not. This is just one game last night that is hugely disappointing because of what you saw, especially an in game effort. Incredibly winnable game, even with 40 from Brunson. But you got to be able to clear the basketball. When you get Precious in there going for 15 against you, they're down Ananobi. They're down Robinson. They're down Randall. And you don't take advantage of that. And the reason why is because you got out-hustled, especially in the fourth quarter. There's no good experience out of that. My, my thought. Thank you, Mark, for that. Quick break. We'll come back. Don Fisher, top of the hour. Third eye blind tickets coming up as well. Hey, don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Are you kidding? 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right. Tell me about the groundhog over there, James. What did uh, Puxitani Phil? Is that the groundhog? On this day? Groundhog I, Day, what happened there? I, I don't think it saw a shadow, so I think it said that means we don't have six more weeks of winter. I think So we're good to go, are we? I think hey, so. I don't know. Just tell. I mean, really, if it's like Sean Ash, you just flip a coin. I'm just joking, Sean. You know that. Everybody blames Sean Ash of Channel 13, the weather guy. But if it's like Sean Ash, you just kind of flip a coin. Or who's at Channel 8? I haven't seen Channel 8 in like five or six years. Marcus Bailey? Is he over at Channel 8? Is flipping a coin. Kevin Gregory's flipping a coin. Brian Wilkes flipped that coin that you keep tucked away in your suspenders. Chris Wright flipped the coin. We're all flipping a coin. So why not the groundhog? Hey, JMV, why no McConnell, Walker, Isaiah Jackson last night? Also, why can't Walker ever get on the floor? Last time he played was against Sacramento. Look good. I love Rick, but I thought he got out coats last night. Well, the guys that he trusted to try to close out that game got outplayed, and there was a lot more effort on the other side. So I would say I don't know how outcoached he got. I will say this. I thought that you had seen enough, just like you did of Miles. You could tell either it was Miles having a back situation or Miles being completely ineffective. He got pulled and subbed out, which is exactly what needed to happen. But Buddy on both ends was equally ineffective, and he hung around out there and got targeted defensively. But believe me, there was nobody out there that was going to guard Brunson. Brunson had it in his mind that he was not going to take it anymore, and he gave it to the Pacers. And then the guys on the floor, they weren't going to be outworked, and the Pacers got outworked. That's problematic. That's what I see as an issue. It's a one-game situation. And that's all I'm talking about was that disappointment last night of, of how they got beat, how they got outworked. Completely fair. Hey, JMV, you're right. Florida Atlantic and Indiana State, what'd you do to DeCourcy? I didn't do anything to DeCourcy. I don't know. It's brutal for me right there. JMV, why does Miles get fans scrutinized after every single game? I don't think there's ever been a Pacer player put under the microscope and harassed more than him. And it's it's been that way, and it's always going to be that way. 
It's not just a game either, Brian. I mean, it is a quarter. It's half a quarter. It's like two possessions. Now, last night, last night I don't have any way to prop him up because he was awful. I just want to know. It, it, to me, it looked like it was something more than just being awful, being ineffective. It looked like he was having some issues. It looked like he was laboring a little bit. I mean, if that's the case, rest him too. Quick break, we'll come back. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, third eye blind tickets coming at you as well. 93.5107 by the fan. The Ride with JMV. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of damn nerds. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Uh, five o'clock. Hey, get the hell out of there. It is time, as Earth, Wind, and Fire has said, for you to get away. James over there. I'm John. Thank you for joining us. Third Eye Blind tickets coming up a little bit later on. That's a July show at Ruoff Music Center. Uh, JMV Takeover tomorrow night. So they have said this. Um, I, I, I try not to, like, I do whatever anyway. They're calling it a whatever weekend. So it's whatever. However... I maintain that whatever will span the 70s, 80s, and 90s. I don't want to go any further than that. Because then I get everybody calling, can you play Taylor Swift? Or, uh, yeah. Can you play? uh... I don't know. Megan the Stallion? Probably. So we'll keep it with those three particular decades. Whatever. I do believe that B does have Taylor Swift in their catalog. Because they do have the ultimate in variety. It's just on a Saturday night we we try to keep it. And we play a lot of stuff they don't play. I sure as hell play a lot of stuff that's not in their catalog. For example, I will guarantee you this. You guys ready for a JMV guarantee? I will guarantee you that you will not hear on terrestrial radio, or hell for that matter, probably any radio in general, you will not hear Prince's Erotic City, which, if I remember correctly, was on the B-side. It was on the B-side of 1999. If I remember that accurately, you will not see that. Or hear that, I should say. The sure I won't see it, but uh, yeah, you will not hear that. And uh, Erotic City rolled the other night. That's pretty impressive. Now I have to do a lot of editing to that because, you know, we can until the dawn, blah, 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 you know, so. <laughs> it's a little iffy right there, but seriously. Whatever is tomorrow night, and we'll keep whatever within a three-decade, 30-year span for you coming up. Uh, Sean writes this, JMV, that shot Miles had in the lane, he kind of jumped and then barely hit the rim. And he went to Carlisle, had a look on his face, said it all, Miles is definitely hurt. I had an issue with a nerve in my back and I could not jump, but you, your body will ignore the request. I, I thought last night, and really, there have been more than a couple of times that I have thought since the Embiid game 
a smidge over a week ago that Thursday night, I have thought that he doesn't look right. And I know that he's getting work on the back. I know that they they concentrate on that before the game, certainly. But and and I'm not. This is not a oh well. And and you're going to say, well, he's soft. Last night it didn't look. He was ineffective, and he got yanked, and he should have because he was ineffective. But he he didn't look right. So I don't know if that's something they may end up taking a peek at to set him down. But he didn't look right to me last night at all. My third eye blind tickets to give away a little bit later on. Let's go 239-1070. We got a couple of minutes here. Uh, Jeremiah joins us. Hello, Jeremiah. How are you? I'm doing great, JMB. Thanks for taking my call. Happy appreciate birthday, it. Jeremiah. I appreciate it, my brother. Great uh, to see you guys yesterday. In. Hey, it was great seeing you. I was going to call in tomorrow and see if I can request uh, some Mariah Carey Christmas music or something uh, on the, on see, the takeover. That's, we don't go that far whatever either. <laughs> Oh, 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 so there are some more restrictions. Yeah, there are very – it is whatever with uh, guardrails, okay? Guardrails for whatever. Yeah, I don't want to go like, on the like 2000s very far or anything like that and no Christmas music of any kind. Yeah. Right, right. Like bumper bowling, you know, that, exactly. that stuff. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I noticed that Miles looked like he was uh, coming up a little little short as well. Um, and I, I was kind of wondering about that too. But uh, what I was really calling about is – I happen to be a connoisseur of the Groundhog's Day, given that it falls on my birthday. Right. Uh, heard Jim O'Brien say, though, that the Groundhog is wrong like 61% of the time. So <laughs> either way, we've got six weeks until it's officially spring. But, but, but still more accurate than Jim O'Brien's forecasts. Probably, probably and so. I, I kid because I care. I love all our weather people out there. I do, too. I, I, I do love too. Jim. He knows that. So I do, too. Again, I wanted to thank you for the shout-out earlier, and we're getting ready to head out to the Pacer game and see uh, Domas make a return. And, are, are we going and for dinner? Are we doing dinner tonight, too, with a lovely Melissa? We're going to do dinner on the road, my friend. I think they're supposed to be giving out some gifts or something for family night, so let's see what kind of freebies they got there. So uh, well, we got dinner tomorrow night. You cannot go wrong at Gambridge Fieldhouse and eating there. I mean, they have everything that a human would want in there. Everything. Yes, sir. It's awesome. Yes, yeah. sir. Great. All right, my, my brother, I appreciate it. You got it. Happy birthday to our good friend Jeremiah right there. Eh, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, see, a lot of other people notice the same thing. I'm not trying to write off the, the ineffectiveness, but that's just what I've noticed. And believe me, I like watch every single moment of every game. <laughs> so I know it's not like I go, hey, I'm going to read the box score. And, hey, this sucks. And this is what happened. <laughs> now, if I did do it that way, I would not be alone. But I can't treat you guys that way. We got to watch it. We got to look at it. And plus, I mean, it's basketball. What the hell? I love basketball. Love watching it. I've never really understood when people say, ah, man, the NBA, I just struggle in watching it because of this or because of that. Um, The reason why I love it is because these huge, athletically gifted dudes, it's incredible to watch that. Guys, like, give me a great example. And I always, I've been using my mom here lately. My mom, after watching the, the Pacers in Phoenix last Friday night, called me and said, I, you know, I'm not a big fan, but I love watching Kevin Durant. He never misses a shot. 
He's seven feet tall. His jumper is as as fluid and as beautiful as any jumper ever seen. So you're right. I can't disagree. There's something about watching that that's just different. Like, I love college basketball, too. I love high school basketball. And I understand different levels of it, of enjoyment. But, man, NBA stuff. Watching those guys, this the most athletic of the most athletic. Holds a spot for me. Uh, bad news today. Sad news today. Iconic. Legendary. Just three plus decades of legendary roles. Apollo Creed. Uh, Chubb was his name. Chubbs, whatever. Chubbs Peterson in a Happy Gilmore. His his role in in Predator, Schwarzenegger. Former football player. Great athlete. Carl Weathers passed away at the age of 76 today. And it bums me out a great deal. Big fan. Uh, John's at 239-1070. Hello, John. How are you? What's going on, JMV? How you doing, John? I'm good, good, good. Hey, wasn't he in that Grok commercial yeah. on the motorcycle? Yeah, I would kind of wonder, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Wow, yeah, wow, you're right. Wow. Big, he was. Big, 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 big fan. You know, Jan Lee, you know, I think sometimes we don't realize how good Halliburton is. Because to put him in just for a half and then take him out, that's not cool. Because, you know, he knows that uh, 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 what's-his-name is not having a good game. but he, So he's going to hit him down low and give him a good layup. And then he's going to go down the court and then he's going to – He's gonna pop out and let him hit and, and get get him wide open for that that top of the key shot. You know, I mean, JMV is no, like, no. You're right. You're. I mean, these guys. It is. Uh, it is a thousand times different because these guys with him prepare to get the ball. And this is nothing against you know, Nimhart, for example. It is. It is just different because they're not as prepared. It's just. It is not the same, and it's not going to be the same. However, what should be the same and what we didn't see late in that game last night was adequate enough effort. It just that wasn't there. It, it they got outworked by a group that at that moment wanted it more in New York without, you know, a couple of their stars and that's what's disappointing the most for me was that. But you know, you look at both games in the first when when Halliburton was in, they was cooking them. I mean, it was they were done. Yeah. I mean, in both games. But then when you take your best player out, that gives the other team a little confidence. You know, you take your Rubik's Cube out, your unicorn, your Swiss Army knife, they couldn't figure him out for nothing. But then when you take him out of there, it's like, oh, yeah, I think we can do this. Well, what, what the Pacers, what the Pacers should do, and I'm assuming that Rick just simply didn't want to answer the question. It sounded like last night when he was asked, you know, about handling the minutes and whether or not you could stagger them and have, you know. Halliburton in a closing role, you know, Rick either A, didn't understand it or didn't want to answer it and acted like he didn't understand it. But I, I think everybody is cool that's a Pacer fan with how you're handling Tyrese Halliburton. I mean, really, you put him in a glass case, so to speak, and you want to make sure he's 100% right or close to 100 whatever the case. You want to make sure he is good to go. But 
I think the Pacers should say, well, this is how we're handling it and, and answer the question as to why he's unavailable within a 22-minute span to play at the end of the game if they hold him out. So, I mean, people just need to understand. I mean, hell, I need to understand more, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I say don't play him at all. I mean, it's like you take your girlfriend to the to the prom, <laughs> and then she dips out after dinner. And you were supposed to have her for the whole night. Now what you going to yeah. do? <laughs> That's right, uh, No, hey, John, you're not that, – that analogy is not altogether inaccurate right there. It, it's And not only does that have – it has an effect on the outcome of the game, and it has in the past too, but it has an effect on the fans. But then you, you look at Halliburton on the bench, he looks like he's about as unhappy as anybody. So Without a doubt. Yeah. And I know that you, you ultimately are protecting him from himself as well because I, I know he went back in that Portland game, and I talk about how it looked, and I think now we can understand that he certainly re-aggravated something in that particular game. It was probably a great deal of him pushing to get out there in that game for the first time with Siakam, pushing to get out there after he missed the Sacramento game and wanted to see that may have had him. I, they didn't call it a setback, so I don't know if we want to call it a setback. But games later, weeks later, that's what it looked like. JMV, 23-year-old JMV could play all night. All night. And all day. All day. With a sprained ankle. Yes. With a, with a, with a, with a, with a broken finger. And hung over you like know, you would not believe. Hung over and could play all night. <laughs> he's not 33. He's 23. <laughs> Telling you. Thanks, John. I appreciate right, you. Have a great weekend. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, hung over. So – Back in my 20s, we played basketball. We played pickup every day. And I've told you these stories before. My friend Mark Barnheiser, Brooks Barnheiser's father, Brooks playing for Northwestern. We had Brooks on earlier this week. He's the head coach of Lafayette Jeff. And when he was at my high school, he came in as the head coach as I exited. But he, we played every morning. We played at 5 a.m. every morning. Every morning. So, you know... When I'm in my 20s, I got to go out. I mean, I'm in and around Bloomington, so I got to go out and get my swerve on. And oftentimes, my swerve lasted until about the time that we played. There were a variety of times in which he would, and this is back when you know we didn't have cell phones, but he would just, if I were running late, he would, because he knew what I was up to, he would dial my number wherever I was if I was at home and just let it ring until somebody finally picked it up. But I uh, I and a couple of others that also stayed out late on both ends, a Friday night or a Saturday night, we often we would go against him and we would be called Team Alcohol. I was a part of Team Alcohol. And I'd be all sorts of hungover. That's just how much we love playing. Team Alcohol. Uh, Robin's online too. Robin, welcome to the show. Hey, JMB. How are you, Robin? So, I'm a member of Team Alcohol. How are you? <laughs> I'm not, uh, but I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, you talked about something that made me ask. What ask a question? Um, was Mark Barnheiser as good when he was the coach as he was when he was in high school? He um, used to watch him yeah. play when he was in high school. 
Yeah, he um, and I, I know his exploits at Lapel. Then he goes to Purdue and then ends up at, at Auburn. But and and there are there are legendary games where he's playing in pro ams and such around here. Um, when he was much younger, where he's just lighting, he's lighting pros up. I mean, he's stopping the other side of the half court and letting it fly. But yeah, he he is he is. And, and what always Robin, what always impressed me is that he would find a way to motivate you to be more. It may piss you off, and you may still have hatred toward him because of that. But no matter what age you were, he would find a way to tweak you into proving to yourself that you had more to give than what you had thought. And I talk about there being different skills in basketball, you know, effort being one. In terms of coaching, that is an absolute skill. And he has been unwavering in that with no matter what age we're talking about, you would because either he motivates you to run through the brick wall or because you were pissed off and you hoped that the brick wall had fallen on him when you ran through it. No matter what, he would motivate you. And there are few people that are able to do that. And he did it like nobody I've ever been around. It's a great story. Hey, I, I really called to talk about you. You kind of hit on it about Jareth, but you didn't really say anything about Isaiah and TJ yep. not playing. Didn't they have gotten a chance? What's up with TJ? Is he was he sick? Was it his kids that were sick? Well, I didn't. I didn't hear that he was sick, Robin. I, I, he just didn't look like he got any clock last night. I don't know if that's because he'd missed the past couple or or what, or because you know they were for a back to back. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. It was it was weird because some effort was necessary. And he he has that effort. I would agree with that. The, Every game. Yeah. The, the, the um, I, I just think that they were rolling with Miles, and then he, he started to get into foul trouble, and then at the end they yanked him. And I think maybe they felt I, – I don't know. I'm just guessing. Maybe they felt it was too late to put in Isaiah Jackson and just rolled with Jalen Smith because Jalen Smith was having a good game. The problem was they were just collectively unable to rebound on the defensive end that was adequate enough to help save that game. But Jalen Smith was playing well. So I kind of get the Isaiah Jackson thing a little bit. Uh, The T.J. McConnell thing would have to be explained to me. I didn't understand that at all. Yeah, I think, you know, you you should – TJ should get in every game if he doesn't have TJ well, Magic. And he may have been Magic. sick still. He was he had an illness, I think, in Boston. He was sick. I know Rick had said that, so maybe he was still – maybe he still – he didn't look like he was struggling with it on the sideline, but who knows. Who knows. Anyway, yep. thanks for your show. Thank Robin, you. you call any time. It was great to hear from you. Have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, coaches. I, I still to this day, and I know this is not – this is not the predominant opinion. And believe me, at the time, I was a little wussy baby. And I would have cried and whined if somebody, if a coach would have come at me with anything that I didn't like, I'd be the first to cry. Like, I feel comfortable in telling I was soft as hell. I was soft. Soft. S-O-F-T-T-T-T. Soft. It wasn't until I got older and realized exactly what was trying to be done as to why now I have such a profound fondness of that style of coaching. I do. I do. And and I wish, I wish I'd have been tougher from that aspect. 
Because, you know, I had all the answers, just like right here. I had all the answers. Oh, yeah. I'm 16, 17, 18. Yeah, you don't have to tell me anything. I know what I'm doing here. I didn't know anything. And, and believe me, that's a swing and a miss by me. And that's something that, you know, even as you get older, you think back and you go, yeah, you know, if I'd have gone down, you know, this path a little bit differently, been a little bit more motivated. But now I've always had, I've always had this appreciation for that style of coaching, somebody that can motivate you. And there's two different ways, really. It's motivation through, you know, having you believe that you can do something that maybe you don't think you can, or you're running through a wall for that person, or you're running through a wall for that person because you're so pissed and you're so sick and tired of getting yelled at that you hope at the same time the wall falls on that person. It's like, really, it's it's two different ways, but it is a style, it's a brand of coaching that oftentimes now people feel can't happen, can ever have, can't do it, and I'm sure that most would know this, that it's few and far between, but it's a style of coaching that I will always embrace. And I should have embraced it more. But I've always been a big fan of that. And still am to this day. It's just becoming more difficult. I, I will say this. I, I give it up to coaches. I give it up to officials. I give it up to teachers all the time because I don't know how you guys deal with it. And I just know me, right, when I go, and I was talking to Mike Wells a little bit earlier, I, I try to go and, and then watch it somewhere else or not go because it's just, it's just not stop for these folks. And I don't want to be represented as a part of it, so I try to detach myself at times from it. But I give it up for you. I do. I don't know how anybody deals with it. But I wish that I was more equipped to deal with it. Because certainly what I see now, it's just always, it's so impressive when you see somebody, you see somebody, like I give you a great example too. Like I watched Dusty May, my friend Dusty May of Florida Atlantic. I mean, he has, it's not like he was handed over. Oh, here you go. Oh, he's the next great thing. Here's the keys to the kingdom. Dude has worked. Dude has worked. And he brought up the other day, you know, being a graduate assistant at USC for Henry Bibby back in the early 2000s when they had Jeff Trapanier and Sam Clancy. Remember that good team? That team almost, if you remember, that team was supposed to run into IU in the regionals, but Brett Blizzard and UNC Wilmington shot themselves past USC. USC was probably the most athletically gifted team or arguably one of the in that particular tournament. And uh, he was on the bench as a grad assistant. But, yeah, I mean, he's been everywhere. USC, IU with Mike Davis, Eastern Michigan, Murray State. Then he got together with Mike White at Louisiana Tech. Mike White got elevated from Louisiana Tech to uh, Florida, went with Mike White to Florida. Mike White now in Georgia. And uh, Dusty... Dusty having another good year after just what was an incredible year, but it's always good to see people work their ass off at that and love their craft so much, you know, to have have those results. Pretty cool to see. But he has worked and lived everywhere. Oh, I forgot about UAB, Alabama, Birmingham. I think there's been, there maybe even been one more, but it's a nomadic lifestyle. 
And it's really cool to see it pay off in the fashion in which it does, especially in the past year and a half for him. Uh, Ike, before the break at 239-1070. Hello, Ike. How are you? How you doing this evening, James? Ike, I'm fantastic. Thank you for the call. Go ahead. I'm like everybody else, man. Jackson would have been on that floor after I saw Miles on his second stint. It would have been Jackson in the mix, and I would have brought me some Sheedway, the best rebounder in the G League, and I would have brought me some Walker. I mean, that's all we needed was somebody that wanted to go out there and go to them boards, and we would have won that game. Did somebody go after him last night, and, and Miles. I, I, I'm kind of wondering where he is. I brought this up a little bit earlier. He, and I know a lot of people are going to say, well, that's just what he is and call him soft, but he looked like, he looked like there was a struggle going on there for something that's last night. So. That buddy Miles and that Shepherd boy, they wasn't getting it done. I would have yeah. had to bring me some horses out there last night. That's all we needed. I'm sitting there watching that game fritter away, and I said, please, please bring Jackson. And he just wouldn't do it. So, yeah, know, I mean, he, 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 benched, he benched Miles, and, and Jalen Smith was having a good game. And then he stayed he stayed with Buddy, and, you know, Buddy couldn't knock down a three and then got torched on the, the defensive. I mean, really, Brunson Brunson's going to torch anybody. So don't get me wrong oh, on this. He was going to take any – he's going to take any of those guys to the cleaners, certainly last night, and normally – under those circumstances, he, he would. But Martin Stein, yeah, and because of Precious and Chua and all them other guys that just kept going to the boards, we should have should brought some board players in, and we would have won that. It, I got um, one more thing, Jay. Yeah, people. go ahead. Ike. One more thing. I know you're a DJ. I know you're the best in the world, <laughs> and I know one thing the DJs know how to do, and that's put together sound for the Pacer game. So please go to the DJ and get us some slick Leonard boom babies. <laughs> we did a turn out the lights. The party's over when we win. A little slick Leonard remixing is what you want there. Yeah, they, they, they turn over job taking care of business. If we just get them three things, I'm telling you, we'll have the best home court ever, and we'll we'll be able to honor slick from time immemorial if we had them boom babies after every three. You we got like 17 three. DJs working down there right now, too. Surely you know, they can put together a Slick Leonard remix, you right? Could, you can put that together. All you got to do is get together one afternoon, you and Boyle, and get y'all some cigars <laughs> and some liquor, and just sit there and get some of the old tapes out and record you one cassette hey. of boom babies, Let and me... then get you one cassette with, with just one turn out the lights and parties over. And that's all you need. And then go up there and put it in the booth and tell the guy we hit a three, hit the boom baby button. And you don't have to worry about it. It'll all be different. And they'll play till they end and tell him to rewind it and then just start it over again. Ike, you're we'll getting me excited that. right here. I mean, you you really are. This is like a, this is like a Reese's cup. This is like putting the peanut butter over the chocolate. This is putting me, me, sports, and then music together. I love it. Right. And if you need some help, just call me. I can go down there. I'm a DJ. I'll go down and help you put it together. Ike, how long have you been a DJ? How long have you been a DJ? I've been a DJ since way back in the 60s. You did. You doing so? You were, see, you did it in the golden era of vinyl, right? I'm telling you. I'm telling I mean, you. Yeah, we had vinyl. And I'm telling you right now, the best era of of, of, uh, of the music that y'all was talking about earlier, the uh, – is uh, the Motown side? Yes. They had well, and blocks. you you use the techniques, wheels of steel. Like people say, I'm on the wheels of steel. It's no longer the wheels of steel. It's the wheels of technology. You had the wheels of steel and the techniques that everybody had in a case, in a coffin case, ready to rock a show anywhere at any time, didn't you? Guess what? Now I got me a telephone. I got me a, a phone. That's all I need. It's a phone and a Bluetooth speaker. I'm jamming all night. I'm going to find every song under the spoon. 
I like it. The Wheels of Steel. Ike, have a great weekend. Thank you. All right, man. Hey, put that sound together for us, man. I'm telling you. I got to get that remix king, going. I be the king of Indianapolis if you just get that boom baby in there. Every <laughs> time we hear that slick boom baby, uh, man, that'll add something to the paces that we've never had. I love it. Thank you, Ike, for the call. Yeah, it's funny. My, uh, I, I get a video of my daughter. My daughter, Laney's birthday was two weeks ago. Like, Laney and Blake's birthday, they go back to back. Laney loves vinyl. So she's got a record player. And she, um, her favorite album right now, and this really does my heart good, it does. She's got a bunch of old 45s. You got uh, Rockwell, Men at Work, some old 45s. But she constantly has, and even when she leaves the room, she leaves it rolling. And it so does my heart good to see her constantly play Fleetwood Mac and Rumors. It's so, so great. So, yeah, she got Fleetwood Mac and rumors on vinyl for her birthday, and she's going to wear it out. That does my heart good. I believe her favorite song is Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. I, I guess it would stand to reason, because she's my daughter, and the same with Blake, because they love you know generational stuff, 20, 30, 40 years ago, whatever, but... It's cool. And she puts it up on a little. She puts it up on a little stand. Like this is what's playing right now. Like when you go into an old record store. Hey, this is what's playing right now. This is what you're hearing right now. Quick break and we come back. Third Eye Blind from the 1990s, late 1990s, early 2000s, coming to Ruoff Music Center. That's in July. Got a pair of tickets to give away before the top of the hour. We doing anything goes? Or are we doing uh, what? Are we doing. We can do anything goes. Are we going to do anything goes after six? Yeah. All right. Seems like there's already been a little bit, a smidge of anything goes the way that it is. Uh, Mike Wells a little bit earlier, ESPN Radio, and Bob Lovell also a part of the show. We have a busy week, but this week has been spectacular. From Chad Buchanan, Pacers General Manager on Monday, Ian Eagle of CBS, the voice of the Final Four yesterday. Remember Ian Eagle on CBS got the call. He and Bill Raftery in Madison, Wisconsin on Sunday with the Boilermakers and the Badgers. Ian Eagle yesterday, Matt Painter, Boiler Head Coach, Josh Schertz, Indiana State Head Coach, both on the show yesterday. Indiana State, Drake tomorrow, Holman Center. That's a 6 o'clock tip. little revenge game that is sold out in Paradise coming up tomorrow evening. IU, Penn State tomorrow. And uh, Butler, Creighton coming up tonight at 9 o'clock in Big East play. Butler on the road in Omaha later on this evening. Me and you on the other side. I see our friend Fulton lurking as well. We'll talk to Fulton. We'll get to your calls. Some anything goes coming up at the top of the hour. Got the last word with the Colts, and then we'll set you up for Pacer pregame show with Pat Boyle and Eddie Gill and Mark Boyle. Got Sacramento and Indiana later on tonight. We'll see if the Pacers can bounce back against the Kings and sweep that season series from Cambridge Fieldhouse later on tonight. Inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live is where we are, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan 2. The Ride with JMV. We have the Holy Hand Grenade. Yes, of course. The Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Right. One, two, five. Three, sir. Three. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
Yeah, Fleetwood Mac on vinyl. <laughs> this is not, by the way. Uh, Sean Allen says, I want to see Dusty at IU. You know, I mentioned a little bit earlier, DeCourcy had, Mike DeCourcy of Big Ten Network had his latest bracketology or his bracket forecast. I, I Probably bracketology is probably uh, copywritten, I would imagine, by Lenardi and ESPN. But his bracket forecast had a 6-11 matchup between Florida Atlantic and Indiana State, which would be as good as it would be to know that both are in the field, it would be a nightmare for me. I kind of wonder, and I've never talked to him about it. I haven't brought it up because he's got enough to deal with right now, but I just often think about the nightmare it would be <laughs> if he would happen to have that job. I would love to get him back here in some form or fashion. I just want him to be comfortable and winning games. But I I don't know. I know a lot of people would like it. I know a lot of people still want to see, obviously, Mike Woodson prevail and get that job done. And again, there's nothing going to happen anytime soon. Don't get me wrong. I'm just going by what people ask me, um, like Sean asked me about or mentioned that to me. And I, I can't lie, that may be nightmarish for me as well. If that were to ever take place. True story. But right now, the way that you look at it, I just want, you know, I want him and Florida Atlantic, because we talked to him earlier this week, you know, now being in the, the American, it is just a higher level and it's higher level of team going at him and them with that target of the success in the tournament and the Final Four team that they were on their back. And it's funny, he'd mentioned, you know, now when you just win by five, people say, hey, what's wrong with these guys? These guys stink. So it's it's more difficult for them, no doubt. But Indiana State and Florida Atlantic, come on now. Hey, JMV, my daughter is the same. She likes Petty, Seeger, Foo Fighters, Fleetwood Mac. Summer, we're going to see Skinner, ZZ Top, Chicago, Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's pretty awesome. It's from Nick. JMV, I think Rick Carlisle said that TJ was dealing with an illness. I know that he was dealing with that illness, illness I should say, in Boston. Um, I didn't hear last night where he was still dealing with it. I would assume that would be the case because the type of effort that was necessary is every single moment he's ever been on the floor is the type of effort that TJ McConnell brings. So I would have to think that there's something else going on with that. I'm just not quite sure about it, but have to think that for real. Alright, 239-1070 is the number. My guy Fulton is here. Fulton, welcome to the show, hey, buddy. Baby, how are you doing? <laughs> how you doing, Fulton? Doing all right. Did you get my email? I got your email, Fulton. I know time, I know everything is go- I know everything is going on up there, thanks to you. I appreciate okay. you. Next, next Saturday is the big day. We've got our basketball tournament. Are you, are you gonna go out there and score a lot of points? 
Uh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Just hey, listen. Again, I always say effort is a skill. Just get that effort out there. Show them off with the effort, okay, buddy? Yep, I will. I'm going to go shoot some muskets tonight, so I'll yeah. be ready for next Sunday. Add a kid. That's what I like and to hear. One if you like to come. So, all right, my friend. I got I got the email, and uh, that's awesome. Good to hear from you. Uh, have you have a great weekend up there, okay, Fulton? Yeah, and make sure you play that um, Elton John. Hey, Elton John. That is the Elton John catalog is all yours every Saturday night. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Really have a great weekend, Fulton. Thank you too. Yeah, the effort is what we're looking for from Fulton right there. It's from BT. I had doubts after Bloomington, or I had doubts about Bloomington after Fife left after one year. Well, left. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 I and this is has nothing to do with Dusty whatsoever. This is me being one hundred percent selfish. As much as I would love to see him get an opportunity as such somewhere like that. And as much as that's home, selfishly, that would be my nightmare. Selfishly. Has nothing to do with me, though, but I I would guess that that would be my nightmare. I mean, if you think about what I get regarding a bad game from 33 now on a nightly basis, can can you imagine what I would get from that fan base? Pissing and moaning every five seconds. Oh, you're a guy. Oh, you're a guy. Green County, you're a guy. Yeah, so it'd be endless. <laughs> so that's, again, that's just purely selfish for me. I can't imagine it would be great. J-Law says you're bringing up your daughter well, impressed with her choice of Fleetwood Mac and her choice of dreams. Yeah, good girl right there. Good girl. Hey, JMV, I heard you mention yesterday to Tony that your son Blake, your son Blake has an interview tomorrow at Hollister in the Greenwood Mall. That's true. He does. So I think I'm getting a blemish here. He does. Hollister. Hey, if nothing else, my man's going to come home smelling like nobody's business. You can't walk into a Hollister. It's not like I'm walking there all the time going, yeah, I need some of these clothes. Can you get me some of these skinny jeans? But you walk in there, and you cannot walk out without smelling like Hollister. And you know that there's a Hollister wherever you might be in any mall. You know it about five stores before you get to it. You go, oh, yeah, there's a Hollister here somewhere. Here it is. It's the same way as I mentioned earlier this week. It's like when the Bulls play here. It's the same thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, those that can't get into the UC and there's Northwest Indiana must be down here because, all right, there's a Bulls game. I think I smell the body odor. Here we are. Same thing. Same thing, but different. Uh, Bill's at 239-1070. Hello, Bill. Jimmy, how you doing today? Billy, fantastic. Excellent time yesterday, but first things first, uh, 
uh, I got a chance to uh, to meet up and, and chat with uh, Jeremiah yesterday. And yes. He, that, that was the first uh, – he was kicking off his birthday celebration. So I just wanted to extend to him, uh, uh, again, a happy birthday. And it was very nice to talk to you. And we'll see you next week down at Whiskey Business. Whiskey Southside. Business on the south side, Southport Road, with NBA Jam and Michelob Ultra next Thursday. That's that's going to be the place to be. But I wanted to give you a, 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 a update today on uh, on the Don Mattingly into the Hall of Fame. I'd actually got a chance to talk to somebody. You you called uh, you called the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown and got somebody that took your call. Go ahead. Yeah, and uh, uh, that person referred me to uh, uh, to somebody else, and I, I unfortunately I left a bunch of information in his uh, in his voicemail, but I. I gave the number to the station and said, why don't you give him a call? And it, it kind of, uh, I hope I'm not stepping my bounds here and everything, but I kind of said, Hey, you gotta, you gotta call into the show. <laughs> Cause you want to, you, you want to get Don, you want to get Donnie baseball into the hall of fame. Yep. And it, it is probably going, I would imagine it, it most always depends on who else is eligible. And it seems like it's going to be one of those later rather than sooner situations. Does it not? Well, it, in his case, I mean, he didn't he didn't get voted in on 15 different ballots, so he didn't get the necessary votes for 15 years. So I kind of ask, I said, you know, uh, you know, how does that disqualify? You know, why is he disqualified from being into the Hall of Fame? But they have a couple different committees, and one of them is called the Contemporary Committee, and it's it's a committee made up of people from the Hall of Fame and not the sports. Well, writers. you know how much I love committees. I'm a big committee fan. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I love committees. Yeah, they that was good. Go ahead, Billy. But but uh I sure would like to like to see him get in there and I also like to see a big pacer victory tonight. And uh everybody that was at uh, back nine uh yesterday, rest up, we'll do it again next week. You got it, buddy. Thank you very much. You keep me updated on Donnie Baseball. We'll do. Yeah. Big fan of Don Mattingly right there. Why why shouldn't you be? Former Evansville Memorial, Evansville, Indiana. Yankee first baseman. Hey, Butler Creighton coming up later on tonight, and that is on Fox Sports 1 this evening. 9 o'clock. Number 13, Creighton. The Blue Jays 16-5. and five. Very good. Butler 14-7. and seven. I believe in the latest from Lenardi, they are like the uh, next or the last four out or the next four out or something four out. That's where they are. But it'll be great. It is going to be difficult. Greg McDermott is a fantastic coach. We know that. Creighton is a very good team. But, man, that would be nice if Butler could sniff something out there tonight. At 9 o'clock, Fox Sports 1 later on this evening. So, really, you can watch Pacers tip at 7.30, 7 o'clock pregame right here. You get basically at the end of that game, you can flip over and watch Butler and number 13, Creighton, Again, coming up later on this evening, and obviously this weekend is chalked full of hoop. Uh, Big Ten-wise, get IU. IU in action, Assembly Hall in Bloomington tomorrow at noon. That's an 11 o'clock pregame with Don and Eric and John on 93 WIBC. And I've watched Penn State a couple of different times, and they have looked dreadful when I've watched them. And it's not bad that IU would get a dreadful Penn State team. And we'll see about Xavier Johnson. We shall see about uh, Malik Renew. 
Uh, also Big Ten tomorrow, Northwestern, Minnesota, 2 o'clock, Rutgers, Michigan. Uh, that's from Ann Arbor at 4, Maryland and Michigan State at 5.30. Then on Sunday, I would assume, I thought that Purdue and Northwestern, as far as games are concerned, I thought that was the game of the year. But on paper, 1 o'clock CBS, friend of the show, Ian Eagle and Bill Raftery, you get number two Purdue, number six Wisconsin, and Madison. Wisconsin last night had a huge lead, a huge lead at the half, gagged it up and lost at Nebraska in overtime. So that's a one o'clock start coming up on Sunday, and then Nebraska on the road at number fourteen Illinois at six thirty coming up on Sunday evening. That's a Big Ten Network game. Uh, the awesome gritty a.k.a. Jennifer, on the Redneck Audubon listening to the show. Hopefully you have gone to the bathroom because there is no place to go other than 231 and I-69 in the Redneck Audubon. By the way, that place, that convenience store, if you guys know what I'm talking about, if you're going northbound or southbound on I-69 or the Redneck Audubon, south of Bloomington, there's very few places to stop, and one is at 231. And I-69, it's in a town called Scotland, Indiana, very small town. That place rakes in the money like you would not believe. I mean, prints it, it does. I have never passed by there when that joint is not jumping. So uh, safe travels on the Redneck Audubon. I'm assuming Gritty's going to go see Penn State and IU coming up tomorrow. Have a good overnight, I'm sure, in Bloomington. Quick break. We shall return. Third Eye Blind tickets coming up. All right, we're going to do some Anything Goes after 6 o'clock as well. That also is coming up. Again, you got the last word with Matt Taylor. I'm assuming it's going to be Matt and the Gorman tonight, right? And then you got Pacer pregame. Remember, 7.30 tip time. Sabonis in Sacramento and the Pacers from Cambridge Fieldhouse. 7.30 tip, 7 o'clock, your pregame coverage. Mark Boyle, Eddie Gill, and Pat Boylan. Right here, 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. I love JMV. He looks like Rascal Flats guy. Got a cool soul patch. He does, and a buttery smooth voice. Oh, yeah. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, Third Eye Blind and uh, Yellow Card, I believe, right? In July, Ruoff Music Center, number 9 at 239-1070. Free tickets. Uh, Next week, Luke Bryan tickets starting on Monday for you. Um, I mentioned this a little bit earlier that even in – a high level of ineffectiveness last night, that it looked like that something was up, something was wrong with Miles Turner. Miles Turner is out tonight. Jalen Smith and Tyrese Halliburton are game-time decisions. This is according to Tony East. Matherin is back, which I think is a big deal, too. Now, it's Miles Turner's ankle is what it was. So, Miles Turner out tonight with an ankle. Halliburton and Smith, game-time decisions, and Benedict Matherin is back. So, I know that they had been, every game, having to work on 33's back uh, with the training staff, uh, Josh Corbeil and company, to get him going. But, yeah, I didn't know much about the ankle. He, 
I mean, even if, even if you hate him, even if all you ever do is send me crap about him, even through that ineffective play of last night, I mean, if you watch anything or know anything, you could see that something was was going on. So that's for the Kings and the Pacers matchup coming from the Fieldhouse later on tonight. All right, this a little bit earlier today. If you watched on Wednesday night, overtime win by the Boilermaker, uh, Boilermakers over Northwestern, 46-8 to free throw difference was obviously one of the things Chris Collins was hot about. And he went nuts, got double-ticked up at the end of the game, got tossed, uh, still managed to shake hands with Matt Painter, still managed to give a slight hug to Zach Eady. But uh, And then he walked out and won a little bit more from the paint crew and the fans there. Uh, Big Ten, they find for that, that behavior of Chris Collins, the Northwestern head coach, $5,000. The actions at the end of the Northwestern and Purdue game on Wednesday night. The Big Ten Conference expects all contests involving a member institution to be conducted without compromise. (laughs) I don't need to read any more of that. 5K is what Chris Collins will be charged for really one of the better getting tossed and walk-offs we have ever seen. Wednesday night at Mackey Arena in West Lafayette. All right, 239-1070. get a winner. Clear the phone. Start with Stefan. You want to do anything goes? What do we got on the clock? About 20? 20 strong on the clock of anything goes at 239-1070. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about other side. Anything goes, 239-1070. That's next. The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, Robo. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? Stay out of trouble. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, crank me up here, would you, James? i make sure everybody knows that 239-1070. We'll go after 6 o'clock. Means there's a little anything goes. I guess that means we play Florida Georgia line, which is unusual. <laughs> Oh, we got about a 20-minute span to work in whatever the hell you want to talk about during this Anything Goes segment at 239-1070. Whether you're on your way to the Pacer game tonight, maybe you're going to one of these sectional semifinal matchups for the girls around the state of Indiana. I know that, um, I believe, uh, what, CG? CG down in uh, Mooresville tonight, I believe. Ron Colley up at Pike, wherever you're going. Safe travels to you. Have a great night. If you wanted the Pacer game tonight, of course, Pacer game right here. 7.30 tip time against the Kings. That is a 7 o'clock pregame. I'd mentioned this a little bit earlier, too. Uh, Tony East had this. Miles Turner out tonight. Jalen Smith, Tyrese Halliburton, game time decisions. Matherin is back this evening against the Kings. I thought it was mentioned. I thought that Miles was dealing with the back, and I think Eddie Garrison had told us that it was an ankle. But as I mentioned, and I've been mentioning this all day, and I, you know, obviously I get a lot of, hey, your guy, and hey, your guy's soft and he stinks. And while it was ineffective and the way that game went down last night, I had to rip it up. I had to rip it up. 
when you get out-efforted by somebody else as much as they did last night, there's no, hey, great, they got a great experience. That's my ass. So we had to rip that up. But I also told you that it looked like the Miles was dealing with something more than just what a lot of you jackasses normally say. And apparently that was the truth. Uh, we'll see what they do tonight. We'll see uh, Halliburton, Jalen Smith, game timers. And then, as bad as that game was last night, and especially as bad as the result was, today we learn that one of the iconic generational acting talents. Now, he was not in a million movies. But he was in some of the major ones, and I would bet that one of his films would be in the category of one of your all-time favorites. Carl Weathers passed away earlier today at his home peacefully, according to his family, at the age of 76. And I was a tremendous fan of Carl Weathers, and that sucks. Well, you're talking about Apollo Creed and that character development, starting with Rocky in 1976 to Rocky II in 1979 to Rocky III in 1982, when he teamed up finally with Sylvester Stallone to beat Mr. T and Clubber Lang to Rocky IV when, for whatever reason, Sylvester Stallone was outside his mind and rode him out. He died right there at the hands of Ivan Drago with Duke screaming, throw in the towel. Uh, to the to Predator, Action Jackson. Now then, of course, in the 90s, so many other generations of Happy Gilmore as, as Chubbs Peterson. Just an incredible talent. Great athlete, by the way, linebacker. Professional linebacker. Carl Weathers passes the way at the age of 76. He is one of my favorites. That's a bummer. We got anything goes. Oh, shout out to uh, Captain right here. Tweeting out to the Michael K show. Can't include all NYC in my own Mount Rushmore because your show is the only one I listen to. For me, it's three and JMV and Indy. Hallelujah. More people like you right there, Rich. Thank you, Rich. That's very nice. (laughs) It's an acquired taste. It's been acquired for 19 years. No doubt. All right, so many things goes. You guys want to go ahead and lock up a spot here. We can do it until about uh, 24 after or so at 239-1070. We'll get you to the last word, Colts programming, and then the uh, Pacer pregame coming up here. And remember, to Butler and Creighton tonight, that's FS1 at 9 o'clock. Big East, big time Big East matchup, at least big in terms of the Butler Bulldogs tonight on the road at Creighton. All right, 239-1070. Let's go to Stefan as a part of Anything Goes. Hello, Stefan. Hello, Jay. So, first things first, man. RP, Mr. Action Jackson. Yes. That's a tough loss today, to yes, say the it least. Is. It is. RIP, you're right. Sky Point. 
So I got a, I got a question. I yeah. heard the guy earlier that they said that the Major League Baseball has an auxiliary thing committee that helps vote the Hall of Famers in. Is right. that correct? I have no so, idea. <laughs> well, my question to that is, since it's a player, it's a player. They're all players. Why haven't they written the right for Pete Rose? That's a problem. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I know that Bill is very passionate regarding Don Mattingly, and he, I see him all the time. And I knew he was going to do that. I was just, I was interested. He actually got a response. I don't know how often that happens. Yeah, never. But then yeah. my other thing too, because me and you are both Miles Turner lovers. Yep. And I just love all the haters out there because you couldn't score twelve points against him. But he's so soft, and you only made it to Jay Z basketball, which makes you think. Oh, you know I know. As all those fat dumplings out there that call an NBA player soft—that really makes me laugh. Hey, right. If you ran as fast as they did and you was as big as they was and you hit the floor <laughs> like them, I guarantee you wouldn't say so. Hey, and believe me, when, when there's an ineffective game, we're going to talk about an ineffective game, but the whole soft thing by some of these dumplings out there that drop that in, it's amusing. That just lets me know how much, how much you, you didn't even make the JV team. You probably was on the auxiliary the JV team. You'll play if someone gets hurt. <laughs> dorks! Dorks is what we're talking about here, Stefan. Dorks. You have a good one, Jay. <laughs> Take it easy. That's Stefan right there on Anything Goes. Yeah, it's funny. I kind of wondered last night when I was watching that, and I mentioned the disappointment of the Pacers just, again, in terms of of how they got worked over. And I know Jalen Brunson's one thing. He is really good. And I do. I like watching his style of play. He gets to where he wants to go. He is strong with the ball. Finds a comfort level and finds a comfort level against you. And you watched the Pacers a couple of times defensively last night. They tried to get the ball out of his hands. Then he just got it back and did what he does. Drives in, spins around about 19 times, draws some form of contact, and then puts it in. So, all right, 40 with Jalen Brunson. Okay. But just the the work that was done that the Knicks – did to the Pacers on the offensive glass is is ridiculous. And that's that the extra opportunities and the El Foldo late like that is where I call them out. Like somebody mentioned a little bit earlier, hey, you know, you know Halliburton, what do you expect? I expect more than that. I mean, if you're going to get beat down by Brunson, fine. But if you're going to you're going to take a beating because you gave an extra opportunity to Miles McBride, who stepped into a three and knocked it down, the new uh, a lot of effort involved in that, a lot of effort or lack thereof involved in that debacle. Miles McBride stepping into it last night, it's incredible. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to have time to get to it. I did see this. That uh, former Jaguar employee that stole, and stole money from the Jags and then lost like $20 million of it. I think on FanDuel or something. FanDuel. All right, the Jags are trying to get that back. $20 million from FanDuel. Yeah. I'm trying to think. What would happen first? The Jaguars getting back $20 million from FanDuel in that fashion or me – on the cover of GQ or play, they still have Playgirl. 
I'm going to be on the cover of that magazine before the Jaguars recoup 20 mil from FanDuel right there. That's pretty funny. JMV, here's a very underrated film from Carl Weathers, Action Jackson. I was a huge fan of Vanity back then. The late Vanity. But you are right. Another good one. Courtesy of uh, the late Carl Weathers, who passed away today at the age of 76. BTR on Anything Goes at 239-1070. Hello, BTR. What's up, JMV? How are you doing? I uh, just got back earlier this afternoon from the South Beach. From Two-day trek home. From, from the South Beach or like the South Beach of Geist? What are you talking about here? Miami. <laughs> Down Miami, what, what'd you do down there? Were you running around oh, shirtless and speedos? No, it was oh. just work. And uh, me and a co-worker just made the trek back, got back this afternoon. Well, hallelujah. You got to love this weather. I mean, you may think it's bad, but it's like the best it's been around here in months. Yeah, it is. It was uh, upper 60s, low 70s down there, but it was still better than here. But it's not bad when we got back. No. Um I just want to say I think it's very, very cool. Daughters in the vinyl. How about that? That's um, Laney Lou. Oh, Laney Lou is cool. I don't know. It was about a week ago. Asking about the uh, anniversary of the blizzard of '78. Yep. I listened to a lot of vinyl in those two weeks, as I believe I was a six-year-old. Yes, you were on my Donnie and Marie record player. Donnie and Marie record player. I had, it's funny, I'm glad you mentioned that because I had Mickey Mouse and his his hand and his index finger was the needle. <laughs> so it's, I'm assuming it's very similar to Donnie and Marie. Yes, I had I had something very similar, and I played I played albums. Um, here here's one album I played all the time. Are you ready, BTR? Are you ready for this? I played 1979's "Village People Go West." Oh my God! I believe in the Navy, their hit song "In the Navy" was on "Go West" by the Village People. Played often on my Mickey Mouse record player. No yeah, pun intended. I mean, it sounds like it, it doesn't mean it's a joke of a record player. It was actually Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Wow. But I, I, I was going to call in earlier. I believe I agree with you totally on the uh, aspect of Tyrese Halliburton's minutes. We we need him in a couple months when we're going to make the playoffs and make a big run. No, I listen. I I agree. BTR, you're right, and and they're right. I just I would like to have more of a detailed explanation about how the 22 is handled and why the 22 or or some of the 22 couldn't be handled in a closing role situation. And I'm sure it's something that's well over my head and something they probably think I'm stupid for asking. But honestly, in in terms of being transparent, you know, I, I would kind of I would kind of be interested. I think the fans would be interested to know and then that would squash if it made sense to them, I'm sure squash a lot of the criticism that's being lobbed. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Twenty-four, and let's at least have him six minutes or so. Well, I mean, twenty-two is fine, but I mean, if you could, if you could spread it around somewhere, because clearly, when he's not in there, this is a drastically different team, and they've been unable to handle late-game situations without him. And both of those games this week were winnable. 
And you just don't want to look back on it and go, well, you know, if we could have done it that way, you know, this is how maybe it would have worked out according to the standings. But um, I just think some sort of explanation would be interesting. So, One last thing. Yeah. You need to be one of them uh, 17 DJs downtown on Saturday night for the JMV takeover on Georgia Street. And I did not get invited. You believe I didn't get invited to that? Then put your snowsuit on if needed and – Go down there and rock it out. The problem is, though, and I'm, I'm trying to learn because we got some great beat mixers in the house now uh, with our friends um, up at uh, a Hot 100.9 and TLC. Great beat mixers. I mean, Kenny Kicks is up there and DJ King is up there. I mean, great beat mixers. I, I stink at it. I can only I like beat mix one song. I, I can beat mix Erotic City to uh, Laid Back's White Horse. That's the only thing I can beat mix. I stink at it. I've got to get better. From earlier, though, with the boom baby thing, (laughs) it's a hell of an idea, right? Oh yeah. So. All right. Have a great weekend, JMV. BTR. Have a great weekend yourself. This is accurate right here, and this is what I said a little bit earlier. JMV, the Pacers make the playoffs to make a run in the playoffs. These fans really don't remember they were twenty-three and eighteen last year and collapsed. Yeah, and I had said. I had said that earlier. I understand what they're doing. I just would like to have a little bit more as to how they're executing it. I guess by us watching, it's clear they just don't want him participating in in-game situations. situations. Not in, but end. So I guess maybe they don't have to tell us because that's how they've handled it in the last two. They've left so many so far of winnable or games they should have won on the table. We're getting up around 10 right now, everybody, and that stinks. I don't like it. But again, even without Halliburton last night, it was so much more about effort than it was anything else. So much more about what the Knicks did without a couple of their major guys and Randall and Robinson and Ananobi. They got after it. They got after it at the end. They got after the glass, and they had obviously, you know, a game changer. You know, they had a closer in Brunson in there. The Pacers didn't have their closer in there. But they had plenty of opportunities. They just blew it. Jay law says, add those to the JMV Dictionary, fat dumplings. You ought to see some of these dumplings that send me the soft thing. Oh, he's soft. Yeah. All right. Let me tell you this. Those of you out there that are soft and look incredibly soft, you should not be referencing athletes as soft. Just saying. Just, just don't say it. If you've noticed, I never say that. And I'm not suggesting I'm perfect by any stretch. I'm as big a jackass as some of you jackasses. But that's just one place I'm not going to go. Especially in the NBA, where we're talking about the greatest athletes on the planet. A little kind advice right there from the host of the show during Anything Goes. 239-1070. My man Garen is on hold. Hello, Garen. What's up, GMV? Did you hear Painter yesterday? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> what were they saying? Did they like the interview in Knucklehead Central? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's- do they like me there? Do they call me names? Do they call me Dumpling? 
Oh, there's a there's a few people that say you're a you're a, a Hoosier Hoosier fan at heart, but uh, <laughs> they do, huh? I yeah, love it. I, I try to set them straight that it's just about the the rolling timber for you. But uh, well, here's what I like, and you can tell them this too that uh, their head coach likes me. That's the reason right. why it comes on all the time. So well, and, and, yeah, and, and, and their head coach actually liked I used to like I you too. So, but I'm I mean, nah, I can take it or leave it. I'm Indiana State all the way, baby. Yeah, no. With with Painter, it's I mean, it's 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 always the best damn interview, just because basically, like like you said, you just ask a couple of questions, get the hell out of the way, and I do. And yeah. it's rare you ever come away from it thinking like, damn, I I know more about basketball. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I just I try not to when I talk to people add my opinion in their the, their skill, right? Their 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 trade skill, whatever it is, whether a player or a coach. I don't say, well, this is what I I think I did that one time to Seth Greenberg and he really made me look like a jackass. I said, hey, you know, why don't you guard the ball on this inbound here? And he goes, oh, how many games have you won? And I, I wanted to say at the time, well, I've won more NCAA tournament games than you have. Actually, no, we're even there. But, I mean, I, and I deserved it. I, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have asked it. So I, I try to stay I try to stay away from, you know, the uh, opinion, this is what I would have done stuff because clearly I'm not good enough to have done any of it. So go ahead. Well, I just – we're at that stage of the season now where – there's been a few times in the last several years where it just seems like they kind of end up getting beat up a bit and and uh, just whether it's the grind of the season or whatnot where they've had some great starts and then maybe in a, you know going six and four down the stretch. And right now I'm feeling good. We'll see what they look like at Wisconsin. Obviously a huge game. But, um, you know, the, the crux of it all is you got to keep Braden Smith healthy and, and – and, uh, fresh for the tournament and I, I get a little concerned they're playing him too many minutes but but man the way the way him and Jones saved that game the other day when it looked like it was going the other way it just it, this, yeah. this team's got a look and a feel Jones what a what an absolutely huge transfer he was to get as a one-year rental but I mean it's they've I didn't think about it till till after we we left Mackey I'm like that was the first time they actually had a game go to the end since Maui and I mean, well, they lost at Northwestern, but but as far as like you know, end of game situations, it, it, I think that was good for them. And and it's just been that long since and that dominant of a year that that I think it was good to have the screws turned to them. And then you know, real tough one Sunday, but I mean, I I just really like the way they're playing right now. I I, I can't disagree with you. And in fact, Matt I think alluded to that yesterday. So they, you know, this is something, I, and I I know this is something that Josh Schertz said as well at Indiana State. They got down 19 to Belmont the other night, and you know he felt he went to the the halftime when they were down I think double digits and said, hey, you know that was a very entitled first half you just played. Let's change this up. And he thought that being in that situation could help them further down the road. So, Garen, you're right. Everything else going all right? Oh, yeah. All right. Head to the, the Pacers game right with my son. So Tell everybody over there I said hello. Will do. Garen right there on Anything Goes. Daniel at 239-1070. Hello, Daniel. Hey, JMB. Thanks for taking my call. You got it, buddy. Uh, Go ahead. Kind of a little two-part question. Uh, I wasn't able to catch the first half of the game. I went back over the stats. And, uh, this relates to Buddy. Uh and maybe you talked about this already in the show, and I'm just driving home, so I'm sorry if you've already touched on this. Uh, he was kind of negative 10 for the game, and yeah, you know, his, his shot production's been down. He did have two steals, two blocks. Um, 
you know, part of me, you know, he's in the starting lineup. Um, and, you know, I hate to say it, but it, it's just where's the production and, and when will it come? And is that the reason why he's still starting? Because the hope is that those threes will start to fall. Because you start thinking about T.J. McConnell, and you know he's not going to produce from behind the arc, but he's going to get his, you know, his, his 10 foot and in, get his 10 points. And he's also going to bring the leadership that we don't have when Tyrese is out there. So it's just. No, you're right. No, you're right. We talked about that earlier too, Daniel. You wonder how many more games. I, I don't think he's going to be traded at all. I don't think they're going to make no, another I move. But but you wonder. I, I got to I got to run here. Hey, have a great weekend yeah. too, Daniel. I appreciate your call. I just I wonder to myself how much longer he's going to have in the starting lineup if he continues to roll in this slump. Because it is true, right? It is true that he'll, uh, if he's not knocking down threes, it's tough, especially on the defensive end. And you saw Hartenstein, you saw Brunson, you saw Achoa play really well. We'll see if that turns around. Pacers pregame coming up after the last word. James, great job from you. Jamby takeover tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Remember, tomorrow we're all Sycamore fans, too. Have a great weekend.